Just give me that file and I'll re-ADR everything. Re-ADR your entire file. Thank you. I mean, I, yeah, I did it once. Everyone should do it once. DJ, you all good on your end? Uh, yeah, as far as I can tell. You all set I mean, to, to re-ADR your entire track for fun? I've done that before for a video. It's disgusting. I want to make everyone on the planet have to do ADR for like 20 to 60 minutes. Uh, it's kind of like how I want to make everyone edit a podcast once. Like, just so we get all get on kind of the same level. What the f*** is going on down there? Welcome, everyone, to WTF and TFW. We are recording uh, this episode on Friday, October the 23rd, which is right before, or, well, I'm going to say right before, because uh, officially, Virtual TFCon is is uh, going to be happening right after we record this. I, I honestly and truly have not done a good job of keeping up with what Virtual TFCon is doing, but it sounds a lot like it's lots of streaming of stuff, uh, fan panels and the third-party presentation, etc., so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to peeking in on that. I'm going to be kind of busy on the Saturday because I'm participating in a Transformers TCG tournament in Octagon, and this week disappeared, and I still haven't tried playing in Octagon, so I gotta pester some folks like Cameron, basically, uh, to hopefully give me a run-through so that my poor first-round opponent doesn't have to be the person giving me the run-through. But I'm I'm looking forward to that. Aaron, welcome to, to the show. You're getting ready to take a little drive. Yeah, going to close out uh, Family Cabin for the winter. Alfie and I have been uh, chewing the the walls, um, and this opportunity came up very short notice to kind of just be like, look, we're just going to go somewhere else and have something not, like, directly related to the Rona uh, to, to do for a bit and go see some different places and let the dog go and sniff and pee on different things and own those as well. So Hmm. it'll be a trip. And I know I said this last episode, but I'll I'll repeat just in case listeners are curious or worried. It's an empty place that you're going to. It's not a place with other family living in it. Aaron is being responsible. He's he's, uh, he's the opportunity to have a change of scenery, which I very much envy. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, it's a family cabin kind of in the woods in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So it'll be... It'll be interesting near Paris, Tennessee. So one of the outings that we're going to go is we're going to go see the Paris, Tennessee Eiffel Tower, which, as I remember, it was nothing like the original Eiffel Tower. I made a face when you said the Paris, Tennessee Eiffel Tower, and I didn't want to say anything until I heard the rest of your sentence. Yeah. (laughs) I've been to two of them. One of them was far superior. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just say, hey, if there's any fans of the Tennessee Eiffel Tower... Um, shouts out. Uh, my face is definitely not a reflection of what I think of of you and your lovely Eiffel Tower. Is just uh, that's a the certain assortment of words. Uh, TJ, you're also here, and uh, you can empathize with my worries about the smell of burning eyeball. Uh, that's not quite the same level of of beauty as talking about one or two Eiffel Towers. However, welcome. Yeah, yeah I like that. I was like, okay. Okay, Eiffel Towers, burning eyeballs. Yeah. You Bit know, of shift in conversation you threw to me. <laughs> we're hitting all, all the peaks and valleys here uh, of stuff to talk about. We're uh, we're going to be doing a primarily listener question podcast this week, and I'll, I'll just say right on the top, please don't start sending in tons of listener questions yet. 
because uh, we still got uh, a, a smack of them, at least two more episodes worth of them. Uh, and I don't want to leave folks in a lurch. So just keep thinking of cool ideas. Um, and uh, I'll, I will state when we have an open queue. Uh, so I don't, I don't have anyone kind of just sitting there wondering what's up. Um, and I, I'm probably going to, like, because these listener questions basically date through the spring into the summer, uh, I might reword or skip over some bits that were speculative, or I might just say, like, hey, I'm kind of glad we waited till now so we don't have to have spent a whole lot of time speculating and being, uh, completely 100% right like we always are. It would have been really bad for all of our egos for that to be the case. Um... There was something... Oh, I was going to mention also, briefly at the top, today is the launch day of some 80s video games. Uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers have new video games out, and it looks like the G.I. Joe video game is kind of a bummer. Have either of you poked at or heard anything about that Transformers Cyberverse game that popped out today? I had not heard that there was a video game coming out today, um, so... We, uh, I have... good. I have a Cinemassacre review of it on cue. I have got one second into it. I've had to, uh, everything has come up today that have kept me away from it. All I've all I've seen about it that that was that was on the positive I will say is uh, one of the Cyberverse voice actors was like, "Hey, if y'all miss us, we base this is basically a Cyberverse game. So uh, if you want to if you want to chill out with all of us in character again, we're in here, uh, which I appreciate. The GI Joe game, from what I saw, it's it's kind of a it's got loving, really well made window dressing." Uh, all over an incredibly flat game that is being sold for 40 US dollars and it really shouldn't be. Uh, it it looks like a game that would have been awesome at like 15 bucks. 20 bucks for the deluxe. Um, some really cool stuff in like the alternate skins. Uh, they give you like in the, in the deluxe, there's like a digital art book. It's super cool stuff. The actual game looks like something off of Xbox Live Arcade in kind of like a goofy way, but then it's like 40 bucks, and this Transformers game also looks kind of expensive. And, like, I don't... I don't got (laughs) the best feelings, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. Uh, Because I would like all these games to be great, but the G.I. Joe thing, I checked out the Giant Bomb Quick Look, uh, and it was not trying to be a snark fest, and it was still kind of a bummer, the first half of it that I watched. Uh, Anyway, I wanted to throw, throw that out there. Um... We're going to hit these listener questions. This first couple are from Inhuman Elm. Uh, and uh, the first one is, you know, this is going to be a theme through these, so I'll throw this one in here. Uh, hope everyone's staying safe and sane through the various quarantines and continuing to social distance. Uh, I know those have been said a million times, but I wanted to say it once more. Yes, there's, boy, um, the fact that, like, it's been difficult to get listener questions in because it's either we're covering news or I'm trying to remember the passage of time uh, as has been very... Uh, interesting for a year um also in human elm says all the talk of food prep which feels like that was 18 years ago uh mm-hmm. but that was actually when we were starting to quarantine <laughs> i remember yeah um all the talk of food prep somewhat helped me rediscover my love of cooking chicken so you can count that as a w excellent cooking chicken is cooking chicken and cooking fish are such good things to get over the hump of and I'm saying that as a blanket statement, because I think that more often than not, you can just assume anyone who's uncomfortable cooking those things is because they're freaked out by raw fish and raw chicken. Uh, I am still freaked out a bit by fish, but now it's the bones that freak me out. Yeah, Bo- both of them can be tricky on the cook, um, just because chicken doesn't have nearly the same indicator that like beef does for, like, are you done? Yeah. 
and you, and, you can't and, peel it open either because chicken is very much based on its juices and so if you check it, the inside you kind of only can do that once <laughs> yeah and then uh the thing that i still have issues with fish is it's like uncooked for for a decent amount of time and there's a very brief window where it's right and then it's burnt and gone yeah, fish is also not just fish. It's like there's <clears throat> there's whole fish, there's fillet, there's skin yeah, on fillet, yeah. there's bone in, and there's also red pink fish versus white fish. It, it, like fish is uh, if you can just find a fish you're comfortable cooking. Like I'm mm-hmm. I haven't done it in a while, but I, I got real comfortable with mackerel uh for a bit. The only problem is like mackerel bones. It's so ir- here's the thing that's irritating about fish. And I sound like I'm blaming the fish for having bones and maybe I am. Um but like some of them it's like yeah, you just pull the you pull the spine out afterwards. But then some of them is like, "Oh yeah, when when they fillet it, uh you know, they they'll debone it." And then some of them is like, "Oh, they'll they'll debone it, but they leave the little ribs in because you can just eat those." And I'm like, "You can't tell me all these different things." Because I know that the the ones I the bones I can't eat will kill me if I mm-hmm. if I swallow them wrong and how how do I know necessarily and then I tried chewing on one of those ribs I'm supposed to be able to eat and like I could chew it up but it certainly didn't feel like I was chewing food if that makes any sense yeah yeah <laughs> and I'm like I I, I don't know uh, it's yeah any of those this regularly inedible part is an edible thing I it's like yeah sure your your body can digest it I guess but it still is always you know kind of uh, I'd rather just not because <laughs> I really prefer yeah. all the stuff around it uh anyway I'll, I guess I'll just throw out there, you know, for the thread, if anyone has any tips on fish or like, I watch so many Turkish chefs on Instagram um, disassembling fish because I really want to understand the disassembly of fish. And it's always the the part where they're, they're dealing with the rib bones where I just get so confused because some leave them in, some don't. It seems to vary from fish to fish. And I wish there was a simple science for it that I could feel comfortable with. Um, anyway, uh TJ, you got you got any any raw fish stories? I don't want to roll on, but I'm I'm assuming no, uh, no, no, uh, not not much of a fisherman in the first place. No, I have no cooking ability whatsoever. I mean, we can. That's that's where I want to like thump my chest and be like, we all got it in us somewhere. Uh, it's just I'll say this for the listeners: it's all about finding the thing that you do and enjoy, or at least find straightforward. I just find every everyone has one thing where they're like, yeah, this thing I can do. And then someone will say, well, you can do that? Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of just piece of Also, and I think I said this way back at the beginning of the year, part of the problem is the way most of us watch cooking is in the video context of like, and if you don't do it perfectly, you're a failure, uh, which I, I blame very much on just in general how cooking's presented on television for the most part. It, it's like... So- Oh, good, good. So it probably doesn't. It probably doesn't help that the most cooking cooking I've watched on television is Iron Chef. I mean, yeah, I mean, Iron Chef, yeah. not not so much. It's more so the cooking competition shows that I think. Yeah, put in, a, any of those is like you're what you got like. It's like it, that'd be like watching the Olympics and being like, "Well, I can't run for crap." Like, n- no, those are kind of the best. And also, uh, some of the things they call out on those competition shows in most cases wouldn't even be called out to that degree 
It's because we've mm-hmm. we've you know inexorably stitched food onto onto the worst of reality TV. So <laughs> when you see someone get like get borderline physically attacked for like you know the wrong texture throughout an entire pork chop, it's yeah. like in a normal situation if you did that you'd be like oh my pork chop's tasty and you'd eat it. So like <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, the one that's probably accurate is chopped because it's literally just four random things and you have to make a meal out of it, which is every day before you, you're due to the grocery store. Yeah, cho- I mean, chopped is... there's. A, I mean, I, I'm kind of mean to chopped, I admit. But, like, chopped is close. It's just, like... And it's for TV, I get it. But, like, chopped to me would be so cool if it was literally just pantry stuff and not, like... Because I find whenever I've seen Chopped, it's like usually the random stuff is also highly exotic. Yeah, and I'm and it's like okay, I mean I get it. That's that's part the point of the TV show. But like I would be so into it if like it was pantry Chopped, where it's like, hey, you've got flour and you've got eggs, but you've got no sugar and you've got a uh, half a you know half finished tub of ice cream, uh, and then like a bowl of nuts and like figure something out. I think that'd be cool. Uh, I once had to use ice cream in place of milk when trying to bake something, and it was interesting. <laughs> like chopped college dorm edition. Truly, I would be a hundred times more interested in that because it would actually be educational. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Here, you you have three blocks of of instant ramen, but they're not the same type of instant ramen. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like. I don't know. There's been some ramen, like there's ramen stuff you can dig up on YouTube that I found was really illuminating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a PF, hey. You have three cup ramens, but no flavor packs except for this one, and you don't know what it is. Hey, I actually for talking ramen have been putting the uh, like fried onions, a l- like a little bit of, ch- of that on top of there. Mm-hmm. Kicks it up a notch. Because uh, if, if you don't let it get soggy, if you, that's in like your first couple of bites, it gives a nice like crunch in it that's super easy to do. Yeah. Also, I would just tell anyone get a bushel of green onions. I say bushel because mm-hmm. they're always rubber banded, and then just like take one and slice off, even not all of it, just a bunch off of the end in little ringlets, and just put them onto literally any savory dish right after you've cooked it. And usually, it's pretty tasty. It's it's a green onion is a real good catch all garnish, provided you you actually like the flavor of onions. Yeah. Uh, anyway, throwback to food prep talk from when uh, all this uh, nightmare was fresh. Um, another question here is curious if we're interested in doing a call in segment or something for rotating odd episodes. Uh, if I if I had literally a red phone where, where it was all set up for me and all i had to do was start recording the episode push a button to go live and then people could just call the magic red phone i would totally give it a try here and there the problem is that no one is here to do all that for me <laughs> uh so it's, it's kind of it runs into the limitations of, of um just like me being the only one doing anything on, on an odd episode like that although once or twice, I've done the thing of an odd episode where, like, I just recorded it and was asking for questions on Twitter. I might, I might try that again because that's kind of fun, uh, just to to shake things up a bit for one week in the year. Uh, anyway, I had not actually read th- a lot of these questions. I've only like glanced at because I figured we'll just vamp through it. Um, there's actually two Transformers questions now, clearly labeled. Number one, uh, when recently sorting toys into keep don't keep piles, Inhuman Elm uh, realized uh, they could actually arrange one to one pairings of characters from classics to generations. Uh, so for those who tend to favor just one figure of a character, and then in parentheses, so TJ. Uh, hey, 
<laughs> have you ever... It's true, me and Aaron are... We have problems. Have you ever been surprised by your own preferences when comparing two figures of one character from different lines, like thinking, I didn't think the older toy could be topped, but I was wrong, or I still prefer the older toy? For example, Classics Hound to Siege Hound, Siege Optimus to Power of the Primes Optimus to Classics Optimus, uh, and those are supposed to be greater than the signs going, so from left to right, Classics Hound being the better one, Siege Optimus being the better one, etc. Um... I, I mean, I've still I've still been surprised by this sometimes, but TJ, I guess because you've been literally targeted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. What's, what's your take on this? Like, when you're like, are you, are you ever surprised by the longevity of of some toys, or surprised by them getting topped before you thought they would be? I mean, sometimes I am. I, there's always these new toys that come out that I'm like get super hyped for just because it's new stuff, it's new engineering. It's like maybe that you know maybe they fix this and that, and it just it's not so much surprise it, like the surprise comes from the fact that it is not better than something like a reveal the shield release you know we had that you know like we had that with jazz where mm -hmm. and the power of the primes figure just does not live up to the reveal the shield uh, mm -hmm. for me it's the surprise comes when i get a hold of a figure that yeah it is just like vastly superior in one way or another like more so than I expect. I'm trying to think of a, like a really good example where like the new toy just like completely blew away the old one. Um, usually it's just usually it's not more surprise. It just comes down to personal preference at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like this, okay, this one's more cartoon accurate. This one's got a more fun feature. It, it, there's a lot of weight and balance to that kind of collecting. It's yeah. not so much like. It takes a lot for me to go, wow, okay, just get this piece of trash out of here. Here's like here's the new hotness that's gonna stay on the shelves forever. Like I feel like part of that can just be like not really realizing how much time has passed too. Like it it's less like I can't believe how much better this is and, and more like, oh I forgot it's been like eight years since the, the last benchmark one came out. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of times that happens. Well, it happens, I think, with Optimus, especially because of how many come out. Yeah, yeah. So like, they, like, yeah. they iterate on Optimus so often. Like it's it's odd to remember that like there was a time when MP10 was new and people thought it was like it was a very contentious figure. People were like, yeah. is, "This is better than MP01, really?" And that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> mm -mm. Yeah, and like today we get these like like I couldn't believe like it was kind of surprising to me when I found an Optimus Prime I like better than the Classics figure. Mm -hmm. But that's just because the deco became more accurate. They did away with more of the kibble, or they did something different with the kibble that was more satisfying to me. You know, I still like I still really like the Siege one, even though it was kind of like completely like the neck like it, that toy was barely on the shelf for a year before. Oh hey, here's a better Optimus Voyager class. Or Voyager plus a box that's twenty dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's like as as time goes on, it, I think it's sort of in because whenever I see folks like they can't they can't possibly top this figure, I sometimes go like, uh, how long you been around though? Because <laughs> yeah, like like it's yeah, not even objectively topping it, but also like you said, like the new hotness factor exists from i would say almost everybody to some degree it's more about whether you can identify that you're you're under its its sway or not right uh i just because i'm trying to think like because i mean it's not so much i'm replacing toys outright because I, I don't really except you know i keep multiple figures of everyone but uh i've been surprised sometimes i mean like this new jazz that just came out i was kind of like 
I was both like, hey, they kind of, it seems like they really hit a decent wingless jazz, and that always seems like it's really difficult to pull off for whatever reason. Uh, but I was simultaneously, as everyone heard, I think, last last episode, also going like, everyone seems to be really ready to dump Reveal the Shield jazz, and I think they're all being strangled by their hubris or something, because that's ridiculous to me. But <laughs> yeah. I, here's what, like, what really helps in that is I will usually, like, if it's a toy like that, like, I will probably do away with Reveal the Shield once Siege figures closer to getting released. But that's, again, me only wanting to keep one version of a character at a time. Mm-hmm. What helps with that is going back and acquiring some kind of repaint that I really like, so I still have that toy experience just as a different character. Like, oh, yeah. I kind of, re- yeah, I kind of thought back. Like, I picked up, I'm not going to talk about what we got because it's such a small thing, but I picked up Siege Barricade for like eight bucks. Mm-hmm. And for that, like, that gives me that like futuristic version of that mold while still giving me like a character I don't mind having. And then I don't. I, I can I still have that to refer to now that I'm starting to get the Earthrise Datsuns in. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that that's also for reveal the shield jazz. Like he is a like that toy is is very storied. There are many many versions of it that are not jazz at this point. That I, I can also see someone like ditching the jazz and hanging on to like the th- three or four other ones they might have. Yeah, get the wheelie. The wheelie is like scary good. The wheelie for is something awesome. that shouldn't work. A lot of people dunk on the wheelie, I've I've noticed to this day, and I still go like, yeah, you know, that's your opinion. <laughs> that's like if Wheelie got the upgrade Bumblebee's gotten over the years. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Wheelie aged. It's just Wheelie has aged in the last 30-some years, and, <laughs> he, you know, Wheelie pulled themselves together and, <laughs> you know, did a bit of, did a bit of work on the, on the upper half, lifted some weights, etc., got gains. Um... Well, in my head, he's gone from playful rhymes to like full-on beat, po- like beatnik poet. Yeah, you know, somewhere between beatnik poet and like, um, like, like aggro, aggro rap. I think, I think, I think Wheelie like uses objects to punctuate uh, some of Wheelie's modern prose. That's the way I like to think about it. Um, but uh, this this then actually flows very well into question number two, which is for those of you who for whom each toy counts as a separate experience. So Chris in parentheses, Aaron, I mean you you kind of can roll into here too, right? Like are we, yeah, or or do you like not having been targeted in this? <laughs> arena? I, mean, I don't know. I kind of I I kind of feel okay dodging out of it, but I also kind of feel left out for for not at least being having shots fired in my direction. You technically I mean, were targeted by the food prep talk, but that might have been uh, not not on purpose. Yeah. Um, but for those, you know, like myself, for whom every toy is a separate experience, even if it's the same character, are repaints counted in those separate experiences? I'm sure this has been asked or answered at some point, but uh, I could use a clearer answer as I sort through my own toy collecting preferences, see the above question. Uh, example that spurred this question, Classics Hot Rod and his 10,000 repaints. Uh, sorry for the long as hell message. Hope this gives you some slight reprieve from the insanity that it is 2020 and keep on trucking in human elm out. For me, it, it actually really just depends how good the repaint is. And I'm leaving out retools just for the sake of simplicity. I mean, if if it's a re- if it's a retool with new head parts, new new other parts, then it absolutely is a separate experience unless it was a really you know poorly executed one. But for a straight recolor, um, 
It depends. Uh, the, the various classics hot rods, a number of them are trying to accomplish the exact same thing. And so for me, those are not all that separate experiences, barring just the physical quality of the toy changing over time. Um, but I mean, there's original release, there's the Henke release, there's the one that was in the two pack with Cyclonus, there's the one that was in the three pack with the Junkions, and all four of those outside of one having Chrome were basically trying to do the exact same thing as each other. Uh, yeah. and so for me, those are not so much separate experiences. Those are four versions. <laughs> uh, yeah. And are those, did, I mean, was there even significant repaints to some of those like different tents? They were, like, I believe they were all different. Like if you actually, if you got into it, none of them were identical enough to be like, you, if you line them up, you would see four distinct toys. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know that, that kind of gets into the thing where I think of repaints as, you know, Again, going back to the Dotson cars, where there's significant differences between, yeah, um, like the Dotson cars, for instance. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I bought not I just like up... it's 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 hot rod in a shadow. It's hot rod in direct sunlight. It's hot rod underneath fluorescent lights, where it's a little bit harsher colors, but not entirely uh, natural colored of light outside. Although, although shadow hot rod a la Cyberverse shadow hot rod to me would be separate if they did the deco really well. For instance, mm-hmm. animated Megatron, Shadow Blade animated Megatron, I consider to be a separate experience because that deco is so different. It it just comes off as like, yeah, this is a different version of Megatron. How does it land, um, you know, compared to just being great? Is, is there anything different in the visual delivery? I, I wouldn't, I probably would, because I, I, would, I would also keep this all very granular. It's not really a hard binary for me. Um, but I would say that edge is closer to separate experience. Um, also, like the the old two thousand six um, Cybertron Galaxy or Cybertron specifically uh, redecos that were just straight redecos presented as completely either completely new characters or hard homaging completely different characters to the point where you could see them as a different character. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of those would hit pretty hard, but yeah, for for me, it, it's uh, it it absolutely relies on the effectiveness of the repaint. And how much it doesn't feel like it just a, a reversioning, you know, or another attempt to do the same thing. Um, so I hope that answered that. <laughs> uh, I think an important thing for all this stuff is like is just how important it is to accept the notion of granularity and gradient in in all of these respects. Uh, hard binary. The only real positive it has is if you're trying to maintain a slim collection for your own, you know, mental health or for your, the sake of your own space um, to not get out of control, then absolutely it, it's great. But beyond that, I find hard binary decisions on this stuff just makes the conversation a lot more stilted and you right. and, and you don't have much room. Uh, in fact, at a certain point, this repaint one, for instance, I think that you just don't have room because you start having to define two things as the same thing when they're not. Uh so that's that's my own take on that. Um, next question here is from Excel Hedge. Uh, this is hello WTFers of TFW and the Action Master Evangelist Supreme. What is the remold repaint that baffles you that it hasn't been made yet? I didn't do this on purpose, by the way. It's just flowing. Um, for example, Masterpiece G2 Optimus Prime with a remolded black trailer, a functional substitute for the sandbox, G2 guns, and remolded shoulders for G2 Autobot symbols. Uh, oh, there's a whole bunch of remold repaints. I think we we always end up yelling. I mean. That Orion Pax Deluxe from 2013, just in general, mm-hmm. it's it's unbelievable to me 
that the only repaints, I think to this day, that ever happened for it that were not just the Japanese version was like that that one BotCon run where they, they did them up as, what was it, like Nova Prime or something? Uh... I, I forgot if it was, it was Nova Prime. Yeah. And it they, was did, like, they did. They, they did it as Nova Prime. They did it as Leocon. They're Leo Prime, right? And then the the dark Leo Prime too, right? Because yeah, I remember. I remember now. It was the the big thing was they're finally going to redeco him as what more Optimus Primes. Uh, that one's still to this day. The, the, every time someone did Cup out of that or did like Thunderclash out of that, I was like, this is just do it. Someone please do it. Um, so that, that, that's still, I think mine, that's still such a good deluxe that like the, the opportunity is kind of gone now, I think, <laughs> uh, but hopefully someday it can pop up again. Uh, TJ, have you got any, any remold repaints where you're just like, why hasn't this happened yet? I don't think there's any that I haven't gone on about at some point or another. I'm stunned that we never got this, like... The the biggest miss opportunity I always said in repaints is Transmetal Waspinator in G1 Starscream colors. Cause they never did it, did they? No. no. God. Like, how, like how how easy is that? I kind of assumed it had happened at some point by now. I don't know why. I <laughs> I think it was when Botcon was starting to poke at all those uh, those Beast Wars two like the cyborg molds being available yeah. like i just kind of yeah in the last four years i kind of just filled in in my brain like oh, i'm sure they did a starscream at some point they must have you're right you're right man it might it must be because transmetal waspinator the mold must be among those that are not easily usable you know for whatever reason because it feels like such a thing to do when they were doing cloud when when they were doing legends with the goofy comics those are all opportunities it feels like yeah, like you've got the episode right there. Just play off of it. That too. And I, ha- yeah, like that's why because it's it turns into a jet. So why didn't anyone put two and two together on that one? I am sure back in the day it must have been suggested and then shot down because back in the nineties it was like, well, why would anyone care? Like I'm sure I'm sure it must have crossed a desk at some point. There's no reason why Waspinator would I mean, would not. Yeah, but have at the same it. time, they had so many other repaints just to repaint. Oh yeah, like, there's Fox Kids version of that mold, even. Yeah, yeah, which which is fantastic. That's a fantastic repaint. But I, yeah. I think it is back then. Like you're talking about the mid '90s when generation one and two had already failed so they probably didn't want to retread those characters yeah yeah that's what i yeah. mean is I'm, I'm sure that like the actual mold having that sh- those shapes in the jet mode was as close as like that was probably the idea it was like eh, it's kind of star screamy and i'm sure someone was like you want to do star stream colors and then like someone was like eh, but who cares who's gonna care beyond that those like eight people on that usenet group who's gonna care <laughs> But like that's that's such a botcon idea of like what if Starscream never left Waspinator's body? Yeah, I I got to assume that like um I I assume a lot of Beast Wars molds are just kind of like you know lost to time for the moment, not like gone gone. But like we talked about, um, I think even just last episode briefly, like you know between mold damage or just like the cataloging of steel tooling molds, like there's a chance it might just be buried somewhere, um, not not easily. Yeah, uh- I mean, eventually molds do go into like deep storage, and there has to be a really good reason to pull them out. Yeah. Although this would be a really good reason, I'll just say. 
<laughs> I mean, we've seen it. Like they pulled the ter- like said in the last episode, they pulled the pterosaur mold for random reasons during Age of Extinction. Mm-hmm. You know, the club got to use uh um uh, I make sure you get the right one, dirge gun. They got to use dirge gun for thrustinator. Yeah. That, that, I mean, yeah, that's that's why I, I that's what I think put the seed in my head that that had already existed because like all these other relevant elements came and went. Um, but no, that's I mean that's a that's a dead solid one that that dates back to the mid nineties. That one they've had twenty some years. Uh, Aaron, have you got one uh, that's that to this day like a remold or repaint where you're kind of like that doesn't exist yet? How much of Machine Wars? Have we gotten like flavored as uh, outside of the one botcon? Yeah, I don't actually know if we have outside of the one botcon. I I am hard pressed to remember any machine wars beyond the original toys in the botcon set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, one could make the argument, like, yeah, Machine Wars nearly killed Transformers, but also, it I don't think anyone involved really remembers, or, like, anyone from then is around still who would care. Yeah, because uh, there's enough, I mean, we've had tow trucks, so there was, what, that, oh, the hoist hubcap? Yeah, whatever. Guy, whatever, actually, no, I just pulled it up really quick, yeah, each of them uh, was that tow truck. Um... Like we've had the reverse. Yeah, you, could ha- you could have, yeah. We've had the reverse where in the two thousands, like they were in car robots and rid. Mm-hmm. And so that's like we've. I think we've had the reverse many times where, like, uh, you know, like like that Die Atlas out of Machine War Starscream, for instance. It's mm-hmm. like the toys would would resurface in one way or another, but then like the Machine Wars part would get removed and replaced with something else. Yeah, a missile tank sound wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even just. You know, another Optimus Prime with that just crazy logo on his chest. The closest we've got is is um, fans' hobby are doing a Machine yeah. Wars Prime, but that's after they did it as Thunderclash. Same thing with Mastermind right. Creations. It's like everyone in in the third party realm, everyone uh, fans' hobby does a Power Master Prime into a Thunderclash and then repaints it as Machine Wars Prime. We get a, an IDW Thunderclash from Mastermind who then repainted as Machine Wars Prime because mm-hmm. that's like the Thunderclash alter ego. But yeah, it's as close as we got. It's, it's a funny one, because there's been an idea rattling around in my brain that I would love for someone to revisit, which was Megaplex. Like the idea of Megatron's <laughs> stunt double, essentially. I wish that was yeah. more normalized, because it is such a cool idea, and it's such a waste that, like... The closest we got was like what the one bot that that one botcon, where it yeah. was well, uh, I forgot what it, yeah. was, it, it was a Thunderwing mold, right? Oh, right, there or was Dreadwing, the whole, yeah, was Dreadwing. Sorry, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Prime Dreadwing, and then there was the whole thing about like wait, Prime Dreadwing, Prime with the Prime head sculpt Dreadwing. I remember that. Co- yeah, there was a whole conversation where they're like, well, the head's the right shape, and etc. And like it got me it got me like what got me thinking about it is like there's no like megatron equivalent of nemesis prime yeah and i feel, i feel like it'd be a great way of bringing back Me- megaplex if that's like the autobot incarnation of that idea right it would it would also just appearing in a fiction i think would get a real decent little fan pop cuz yeah like it's it's gone so un unused basically outside of one botcon like a lot of folks would be like, "Oh, Megaplex, that's a deep pull. Like that'd be more interesting than Unicron again." 
Um, damn, yeah, I, I I support Megaplex. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I hope that answered your question, XL Hedge. Um, we all got our things. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that we all still have our our things here and there that we uh, we can bring up for that because it. As much as like, I actually would prefer if all of our our wants and desires were answered, but. Uh, I think it I think it's it's healthy that we all still got one that can pop to mind so instantly. Um this next question from uh Capper Claude, uh I, I don't think actually flows anymore. That flow was completely coincidental. But uh this question is about figures and packaging. Capper Claude recently in May got uh a mitten sealed box Armada Scavenger, uh hunted one down because they thought the walking gimmick was neat, but part of them felt a little dirty opening a seventeen plus year old figure. Big part of the hobby is handling figures firsthand, interacting and playing with the gimmicks. Um they're going to hold on to the box, but what do you guys think about opening and experiencing Transformers toys versus collecting and keeping them in pristine packaging? Do you guys own any figures you'd never remove from their boxes, Transformers or otherwise? Uh, P.S. Love the podcast a ton. Always listen to them. Uh, my job as a yard guy for a bike shop makes the day so much more enjoyable. Hope you all are staying safe and well. Uh, like the easy, the easiest answer as far as do we keep sealed toys is this podcast has more or less always ended up being a bunch of people who are absolutely not mitten sealed box collectors. Um, so we won't have that perspective necessarily to share, but, uh, do any of you guys, do either of you have any, any transformers that you just, or any figures that you don't want to remove from boxes for one reason or another? Um, there is a real obvious reason transformers wise I can think of, but, uh, Aaron, I've or, yeah. had some that have just kind of ended up that way. Oh, the accidental sealed box. I've done that. Yeah, that's always and kind of a bummer. Like, I've, I've, I've got uh, what was it? It was like the Walmart yellow repaint of the Robots in Disguise um, build team, build brothers, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was just like, hey, I saw it in one of my very bad time frames of like I'm gonna get all the things, and it just ended up like it's another one of a thing that I already have. It's neat. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. So it just stayed sealed. And so it's now in a bin upstairs sealed amongst a bunch of other things. I have I have a few things like that. Um, a few things that I've picked up later on that are packaging kind of oddities that would def- definitely lose their value where the toy is the same. But it was like the Beast Wars 2 versus or the Transmetal 2 Beast Wars like there was a run of the numeral two and some of them with the Roman numeral two. Um, and I ended up with some of those in like the spending too much time around the Hartman's phase mm. of, of having that. And I know that that has more empirical value and it's the same toy that I already have. So that has stayed sealed, but I'm otherwise I pretty much open to everything and unless it is like a special box set or something that in the future having the packaging would drastically change the resale value, it goes. Mm. So any any mass release on the shelf stuff, uh, that packaging's gone. Anything from anything Takara from from overseas, any commemorative edition things, generally that packaging is kept. I used That's to, about where my break line is. I used to keep import packaging, and then I remember the first time I just got rid of some, it, it just started a, a very decompressing yeah. uh, cascade effect. 
Well, I used to have all of the card backs of everything. Oh, me too. And, yeah. And yeah. all of the all of the garbage insert paperwork <laughs> and anything that I could keep. It was like I, I kept the bubbles for quite a while. And then I was like, I can just get rid of the bubbles because they're already opened. But this is going to be where that value is. And then it was finally was like, I've got five storage tubs in the basement of just these card backs that aren't even like it's not like i had individual card back plus instructions it was like oh here's a bunch of instructions oh here's a bunch of card backs unsorted and i just like kind of went through and decided look i don't i don't think this is worth any of it and pitched so yeah i've uh, I, i'm slowly turning the knob that way i've been i've been ex- I, i've gotten this bad habit because i have a bag i put a bunch of instructions in where i bring it to toy shows and go like if you want me then like hold them in front of me and it'll be probably like a buck uh but then i threw out a couple instructions kind of by accident i just threw them out with, with recycling didn't think about it but then like one of them was for grease pit and grease pits instructions has two modes that aren't in the autobot versions instructions and I thought it was just today I was going through this where I was like, oh, I should look up his instructions again so I remember what those two other base modes are. And I realized because it never crossed my mind except with these modulators because they're kind of weird. Uh, I can't find any scans of their instructions anywhere. Not on TF mm-hmm. Wiki, not on TFU, 100% not on Hasbro's site. On my Discord, someone was like, oh, doesn't Hasbro? They, they were like, I kind of just assumed Hasbro kept all their instructions in PDFs like Lego. And I'm like, well, no, they should because that shouldn't be a lot of work. They did at one point in oh, time. Oh, they, they have off and on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, once upon a time, they just uploaded the PDF of it. Yeah, and, and off and on, they would do it, or they'd suddenly upload a backlog of them here, and maybe that'll happen in the next few years. But when when they have an intern available, I just and I I I, I want to I want to state that like I don't think it's unreasonable for me to call this kind of ridiculous. It's just like the you're, the the product being sold is based on the idea that it is a puzzle play that changes from one form to another. Y- y'all have p- you made the instructions yourselves. Uh, I I find it unbelievable that like a Google search for the instructions mostly just brings up <clears throat> like critiques of the instructions. One might say, "Well, Chris, you hate the instructions. You keep dogging on them." Yeah, but still should be archived. Uh, yeah. And and I don't think it should be on fan sites like the Wiki or TFU to actually have to do all of that hand scanning of PDFs when a company has the PDF versions already or the Illustrator or whatever you know software they use to put that stuff together. Uh, like my only my only dream for the Wiki would be if TF Wiki had like in the tabs that wikis have one of those tabs for any product is like a PDF of the instructions. But now I got the feeling that like no one's been scanning them. And so, like, who wants to take on that job? Well, who should who should do that for free? No one, really, unless they want yeah. to. And, and I don't know. It was, it was a whole little, like, 20-minute saga today where I was like, are you kidding me? Because, like, the modulators and the weaponizers, the weaponizers less so, but the modulators, uh, if like, given that they have designed modes with, the, with you know, tooled design on the figures, like, their instructions should be readily available and if they are i I sure hope they are and i hope that i just failed to find them in my searching uh but i I just think it's ridiculous that like that stuff is in such in my opinion shambles the (laughs) the one that's frustrating for me is i know in the past i've searched for instructions and then like finally find something like oh this it's g1 instructions 
Yeah. Pe- people uh, yeah. Are Look at those. how nice those instructions were. Look, they told you what you actually want you to do and showed you how to inset images. Well, also, pe- not people archive those. Of the whole, not picture of the whole damn toy trying to show this tiny little flap you need to move. Yeah, uh, I some... was trying to find the instructions online of Galaxy Upgrade Optimus Prime because it's hard to remember where everything goes when you're packing them back into vehicles. Oh, yeah, it's that, literally that's another just... one. Yeah. Random parts in random gaps somewhere. And the only thing that came up was Cybertron Optimus. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think, and, and I'll, I'll also just, I'll nip this one in the bud right now. Go look at a video. It, that ain't, that ain't the answer. That means loading up a video or scrolling to a bit in a yeah. video. When a PDF exists somewhere or a PDF similar thing, a, a, yeah. a software document. They sent, they sent a file to a factory to mass produce as an image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've dogged on them about video instructions as well, and I still am not letting up on that. Like, you know, I'm glad that they are poking at that here and there. That stuff kind of, you know, half exists off and on. The fact that it's that I'm saying half exists off and on is also a problem. Uh, I've, I've had it positive, like, okay, well, who's going to do it? I'm like, I don't see how that's my problem to figure out. Yeah. Uh, like, honestly, honestly, in like the age of cost cutting transformers and toy production in general, I'm stunned that there isn't just something printed on the box. Visit transformers.com for transformation instructions. Yes. That's just, just a QR code on the back of it. Yeah. You remove one more piece of paper production. Yeah. I mean, I just, and, and I mean, this, for some folks, this is a nothing and I, I respect that. It's just like, please respect that. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, also what I always yell about the high end toys, like, masterpiece and etc it's just this the the lack of archiving of of uh documentation i think is a problem uh and i think that it's not the fandom's problem to solve because who wants to sit there scanning instruction sheets nobody i'm sure there's i'm sure there's somebody out there that would enjoy that I think I mean, they'd enjoy there it. Are, there are websites that actively scan and just hoard all kinds of instruction sheets online. It's just not for modern Transformers is what I've been finding. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's, those are the ones where like they have to catch up. Yeah. It's like, there are, like, uh, Unicron does that. Well, that's the thing. I, I know generally, that, generally, that's what comes up in Google searches when I look for instructions. I, and I know they do that. There's other sites that will archive, you know, older instructions, etc. And it's great, but like, I don't think they should have to be bothered with doing that for uh, modern instructions. Oh, no. no, 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 not not when it's like like half a megabyte's worth of you know space on on a server just to upload the original document on Hasbro's site. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like, there's a, and I'll also say, there's a lot of things where I would say it's not my problem to figure out a solution is like, that's not really an accurate, that's not a useful response to, to the topic. For this one specifically, I think it is the response to the topic, because those digital files had to be generated already in the first place. <laughs> Uh, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to me that it's also because it's a giant corporation. I don't, I don't see much purpose in having much, uh, for lack of a better word, mercy about this when looking at a giant corporation. I don't think this is the design team's problem either. I should say who work on transformers. I don't think this is the problem of the, the, you know, newly discovered instructions designer either. Their job is to create the instructions. This giant corporation, should be able to upload PDFs in a folder. In fact, in organized subfolders. I don't think that's too much to ask for either. Anyway, um, it's because we're recording this today when this was fresh on my mind uh, that I went on that little diatribe. Um, TJ, uh, I actually never got to ask you if you have anything that is unopened. 
Oh, right. That's the topic we D- were on. The un- unopened grease pit, perhaps, whose instructions you can scan for the sake of archival. <laughs> uh, well, I I have autograph toys, so that's an obvious answer. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not, uh, for, for the unopened, it really is stuff that comes with a story where I feel like an element is lost if I take it out of the box or remove it. Um, the like the the big one is the uh, like uh, the five man Robo I found. Yeah, at yeah at at the thrift at the thrift store earlier this year. That's just, I still haven't taken I still have not come to a decision if I want to take that out of the box or not just because you know it's a thirty year old toy that's managed to stay pristine from Japan. I feel like it's more I don't know more interesting if it stays in its little prison. Um. And the, that's kind of how it goes. Like the two that I'm looking at right now that sit up on my desk is the uh, Prime RID Bumblebee and the Cybertron uh, Minicons that I happened to find at Walmart this year. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I take those out, those are just too weird. Yo, there's just there's just some extra toys in the collection. Like the interesting part's gone. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think for me it's got to be it's got to be something that like like when it's a, a packaged toy it still feels like an experience. Uh so like autograph pieces for instance. Um for me like like it's uh, I have one sealed reveal the shield Rekgar because I I ended up getting into hoarding that mold cuz I like it. So I think it's fun having one that's unopened cuz it's like yeah, here's another variant of the mold. This is what it looks like when it's in a bubble. Uh and I, I think I still have like a sealed Viacon, a deluxe Viacon as well, for similar reasons. Um, but for me, like, like I'm, I'm just not very interested in saving packaging. I used to be, like, especially uh, the Unicron trilogy, because the packaging was so weird on the bookend series. Energon packaging was kind of a dud. Um, but uh, the both Armada and uh, Gal- uh, Galaxy Force, not Galaxy Force, Cybertron packaging was just so weird. I'd love to have been able to keep some of it, but. The problem with keeping packaging is like if you're if you're a collector and you collect packaged toys, you have exponentially less space to own things because they are exponentially larger in volume. Because uh, tra- yeah. Transformers packaging has not been very thrifty for a long time. We're, it's kind of only in the last you know five six years as we move towards the boxed robot mode packaging that like it's gotten a little bit more reasonable. But even then, a lot of the like because it's it's standardized sizing that packaging kind of every now and then is still voluminous beyond its needs um so i i just i can't hold on to any of it it's not reasonable for me to do so most of it uh, filming it to me is saving a copy of it quote unquote um but uh yeah that like I, 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 if I had like a few more box G1 toys, like, like that kind of retro thing where there's no purpose to open it because I could always open or, you know, get a loose one. That's probably the closest I'd get. But as the question itself mentions, like part of the, part of the thing of, of the hobbies handling figures firsthand, there is a certain special thing to being the one who unseals like a, a 17 to 36 year old toy. Uh, I've seen people do it, and like it is kind of special. It's also the way that you guarantee that the joints are <laughs> as fresh as possible. Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, it's very hard for anyone to say like I have. I know what a fresh copy of an eight, of a thirty year old toy feels like. Yeah, 
And there are some 30-year-old toys where it's like the like a majority of the loose copies have a, you know certain joints that are just loose or raggedy, and you kind of want to have a fresh one. I went through that with GoBots and Machine Robo, where I was like like Cop Tour basically, and and Psykill, both are often just so like janked up whenever you find them loose. I got um like like I got a sealed Psykill to open uh, for a decent deal. Um, and even then, I only opened them just to mess with them briefly, and then I also got a, you know, a pretty good quality loose one that's like my play psykill, and then I have the, the sliced bubble psykill for when I want to do, like, glamour shots. Uh, cause yeah, some of those older toys, it's like, it's kind of nice ha- being able to have, like, a fresh from the package one just, just for that little experience, for that luxury of that experience. Um, Anyway, my my whole yeah. my whole yelling about scans of instructions now it's it's uh I just noticed someone's asking which bot so I got to I got to follow up on that later. <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's on Discord. Uh yeah, any anything else you guys want to want to hit about uh packaging? I just I feel like I had another point to make but I forgot in yelling about I mean, instructions. <laughs> the the question the question does mention like div, like uh maintaining the value of some of these toys. Oh, I mean, yeah. Which I I'm going to say, like, if you're worried about Transformers, like, if you're worried about just, like, on a monetary value scale, don't. Yeah, no, yeah. nothing it's, made past the 2000s outside of very specific and unpredictable um, situations is going to hold value yeah. to any degree that you need to worry about then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's completely unpredictable and random what toys Transformers become more valuable than others. Like, you don't really want to... Regulate. The the one I mention all the time is uh, classic Starscream, ten bucks at retail, and then as soon as it's gone, fifty dollars online. Yep. And then you know you think, okay, that's great value. That's only going to go up from there. I'll, I'll make a good investment piece, right? Uh, Universe two point oh Starscream. Price went right back down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'd say that there's a lot of places where it's more volatile than like the crazy stock market things that you see. You know, oh, if only I'd put, you know, all of my money into Canon in the '40s or whatever. You know, yeah, you wouldn't have known. Yeah, and <laughs> and and for every yeah, and for every one of those, like, oh yeah, I bought Google at when it came out. There's uh, what was it, Quibi that just. Um, like well, died yeah. after having like 1.8 billion dollars invested into it. That one, like, that one, I would say was predictable, though. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, I know, but I'm, I'm saying for every for every time that one of them goes crazy, there's three others that just like die on it on on release, yeah. and you're you're never going to know when one of those things actually happens until years afterwards, and there's one smug person like, yeah, I knew the whole time. It's like, like, okay, they, well, also they didn't. Great for you. If someone, you did, yeah. if someone happens to own, you know, a toy from the last decade, let's say, that does become valuable, I, I would say with some personal confidence that they either lucked into it because they just happened to have that figure and they got lucky or Mm -hmm. they are one of those folks who must exist who like have a personal storage space where they just buy a shipping case of every single wave that comes out yeah because if you if you take the what do you call it the magic the gathering uh finance approach of just buy everything then yes through sheer attrition you'll end up with things that might become valuable it's just you'll have hundreds of things that aren't (laughs) With the MTG finance stuff, like, 
that's a little bit more doable and also much more compact. They're also a hundred a hundred copies of a card literally fits in one of the boxes that they send you versus a hundred copies of a deluxe is a hundred booster boxes like forms a cube, right? Yeah, Uh, made of small bricks. Uh, mm-hmm. We just, and as we just mentioned, you buy a shipping case of deluxes because the packaging is so voluminous in many cases. Uh, it's also, like I said, you need a personal storage space and or warehouse to even in, like begin to do that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. it, it, I mean, we, I, we hit this every, every couple months or years on this podcast, like d- never fall for the, the, the idea of investment toy collecting. It's impossible for the most part, unless you have yeah. massive capital and you are focused on stuff that's already valuable yeah uh, well that's the, the the story that i like i remember saying you know the the guy on craigslist that bought a bunch of of lego death stars when they were being clearanced out and shortly after that then lego reproduced it and so this guy was trying to sell 60 or so lego death stars or some obscene number and the photo was just like a garage with these shipping boxes it's like yeah that's somebody made a really bad investment yeah hope you hope you liked your garage when you had one once Um, yeah so yeah that's another psa don't don't try to invest in toys just collect them for the enjoyment or collect them for the various other stimuli they can they can bring about uh if you want to collect stuff for value in in fact look at trading cards (laughs) Mm-hmm. That that might do you better. Um, in fact, I think that is the entire draw of collecting sports cards from the conversations I've overheard at gaming stores that have sports cards uh, whenever their experts are in or, or folks collecting those are in. It's like a lot of folks don't seem to collect sports cards because they like the cards and the sport. It's more so chasing the concept of value that they could become. Uh, or you know, chase chase chasing the odds of the card that you know is valuable within a given set or something. Um and you know what you're getting into there. Uh, anyway, next question here is from Primex2, uh, saying hello from Northern Ireland. Uh, now that Cyberverse is finished, there's no word on yet another cartoon, apart from the Netflix thing, and, and now apparently another Cyberverse movie, possibly. Um, what kind of show would you want to see next? Myself, I wouldn't mind a series like The Clone Wars, where it focuses on different Autobots, Decepticons, or Nails during, in, during the war in three to four episode arcs. You could throw in all kinds of characters that way and feature battles we've heard mentioned in different media um been listening since way back just before the animated discussion episodes thank you all so much for all the laughs over the years click i would i would dare say that that halfways describes cyberverse (laughs) yeah Uh, which because yeah i mean the to me the answer is just make more cyberverse because it it had seasons to go of that formula that still would have been very fruitful but I, I would agree, I would like to see another show that has the same kind of approach of not having an overarching, uh, you know, very rote, dramatic, good versus evil storyline as the entire backbone of the series. Uh, I really prefer getting those looks at what Cybertron is like as an actual civilization as opposed to being cartoon characters fighting. Um because there's so much of cartoon characters fighting. And you can have cartoon yeah. characters fight in this idea of mine. It's just like that's not the entire backbone of the show. Um, I did, the current IDW uh, very much would be a, a cool place to draw from. Or, or honestly, just, yeah, the Cyberverse model is so good. 
just show us uh, aspects of of different characters trying to survive uh, during this deranged uh, centuries long civil war. Show us the time before. Uh, give us a little a little glimpse at afterwards um, for satisfaction's sake. Um, I, I would I would love all that kind of stuff myself. Aaron, what would you love? Um, I like that idea for sure. Um, you know, one thing that I wish from uh, st- the Star Trek world um, that you know you, you hear about things later and then you feel you have the sads is th- what the first season of Star Trek Enterprise was supposed to be was like Earth and fi- and like Starfleet stuff trying to get like finishing up the Enterprise and getting it ready to go and getting the people and going out to space. So, you know, this related to the Transformers world would be like pre-war, but in those building days before the war. And, you you know, again, you could still have plenty of combat. You could see lines drawn, but not, it seems like just about every time we get a Transformers series, it's pretty much, you know, Cybertron is a wasteland and it's all like apocalyptic basically of everything's done. It's part of what I really liked about Cyberverse of seeing, you know, Cybertron in there beforehand. And it's something that I think that you could do like a season of that. And then like the end of season one is, well, war were declared. And then you could have a season of like the beginning of this war. And, you know, maybe you have some of those characters that were undecided, you know, were, you know, nails or like, you know, I work for the Autobots, but for whatever reason, I think Megatron's really compelling or, you know, the, the jet fire side of things of like, Hey, I was, you know, I, we're all seekers cause we're all jets, I guess. But, you know, and I was in command, but like this Megatron guy's kind of a jerk and he's having me do stuff that I don't like. And you could have a whole lot of similar stuff and just have that like lower level of like I'm having to make these decisions, which is you know, again, what the, the Netflix series is kind of done. I was gonna say it was like you're, you're um, like do the Netflix series better. But for for the for the <laughs> for, for 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 some of the character stuff, yeah. But you know, again, I just think that like getting to see Cybertron beforehand, especially if it was like you know, you could have some, you know, maybe the first few episodes are like really golden age Cybertron. You know, hey, no, I was you know, going to go off to Velocitron or Micron or wherever else, and you see, like, a functioning world that's the center of this, you know, empire or or whatever, and then you get to see, like, oh, well, the functionalist radicalists took out the Space Bridge Network. And so then instead of, like, oh, okay, it's a thing that happened, all right, you, you use techno words, you could be like, oh, well these other characters that we met or this other place that we saw, there's an impact there. They're now, you know, months away by transport ship versus just hopping through the magic swirly thing. Oh yeah. You know, let, let things have realistic impact other than just like, I don't know. It's a wasteland because when shows start that way, that's like, you don't have a, 
the like idea of this was ever someplace great. It's like, I don't know, they just built it and threw rubble around to begin with? I yeah. I mean, places like Velocitron are, are ripe for that, because Velocitron, when presented pre-war, is often just a place of sheer affluence and ego. Yeah, and so like that's the kind of that's one of the most interesting places I think to to focus on if a war breaks out on the home world is like all right well what's up on Velocitron then like are they trying to are they trying to ignore it for the first like year or two or you know yeah. like kind of kind of kind of like how things went this year where it's like for the first month it's kind of like all right I guess we're camping out at home so on Velocitron they're like oh there's a war well I guess you know what. We got drinks. We got racing. We'll be fine. Yeah. They like cut to a year later where it's like some of them are just aggressively trying to maintain. We got drinks and we have racing. We're fine. Whereas some other yeah. folks are like, I actually would really love to go home. <laughs> uh, or you could even have it like how it boils over there where it's, oh, no, we're just, you know, we just like racing and the pursuit of speed is all that matters. And then you have like an Autobot aligned dude come in NASCAR style of like, he, yeah, he's emblazoned with Autobots everywhere because the Autobots are the best. And then, okay, then some, you know, you could have the intrigue of like, well, now the Decepticons drop some other Decepticon speedster in there. And then it turns what used to just be, you know, we'd go out and we'd race and we'd test ourselves into like, oh, well, the Autobots won the, was it, which which series was it where the leadership of Velocitron was decided oh, by that was, Cybertron? Uh, Cybertron. Was, was that all the way back in Cybertron? Uh, so then you yeah. have, you know, something like that happen where... Yeah, you know, there there are plenty of, I think, interesting stories that can be told at the very beginning of it that we never necessarily get to because established war seems to be the way to go. Yeah, it's just, I remember once upon a time when this was actually the, the controversial thing to say. I don't think it is anymore, but it's like the established war being the only thing we talk about is like so boring now. <laughs> Some idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ, what, uh, what about you? Like, is there any, any other ideas you'd like to see in a new cartoon? Not chasing the all spark. That'd be great if we, yeah, if we put that to, that that used to be kind of cute. Of like, oh, we're gonna see the non live action movie version of of this now, the non animated version of this now, and and now it's actually become worse than when they say Unicron to me. Yeah, I mean, it used to be like, well, we're going after Minicons, we're going after Energon, we're going after Cyber Planet Keys. Now we're all just going after the Allspark every single mm-hmm. every single time. It is. I'm so tired of go find the Allspark or we launch the Allspark. Let's go chase it. Or, just or go like, find the MacGuffin. Or like when doesn't we, matter we if it's even, Allspark or Keys or or whatever. We don't even need a know. MacGuffin. Like in the Netflix show, when the show was fine, you know, it was it was capital F fine, and then someone was like, "But the Allspark," and it's like, "No." Like, <laughs> Had, yeah, at least you had something going least, on already. <laughs> the times when it's like hunting Energon is at least like we need food. Yeah, it's a That's, basic need. Food is yeah. Food food is maybe kind of the MacGuffin, but at least it's like this is sustenance. We we need this in order to keep people alive, and it's a whole lot more direct than oh well, we need the All Spark in order to take it back to the the Well of Souls yeah. and reignite it so that we can have. Not yeah, okay, fine, All whatever. Things need I need food because I'm hungry and will die without it. Yeah. All right, that yeah. is that is something driving and compelling. That's what I. That's yeah, what I, I or good, good. I really just kind of miss the days where it's just let's just plunder energy sources. 
That, you know, that's what's been so great to me, among other things, about current IDW is that like one of the basic sources of personal conflict on the offset is that they were uh, they're under a strict regime of energon rationing. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. that that's basic. It's nice. There's energon rationing. No one can fight. They don't got they they only have enough energy to walk around and and and, and argue. Mope. Basically, no, yeah, no one's got no one's got enough energy on to fatally assault someone unless they're up to something real, real shady, you know, without dropping too many spoilers. And and yeah, like like if you just make it about sustenance, it's a lot more simple. It's like also, unfortunately, there's not much left for the AllSpark to do that doesn't feel like a flattened at best retread of a concept that has been hammered into the floor. Like, it's really weird for me to say that the various Unicron repetitions were more interesting, because at least Unicron was a little different each time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like always a planet, sure, but, like, is Unicron an entity? Is Unicron sentient? Is Unicron even of one dimension? It's like, you know, it changes a little bit each time. Mm-hmm. With the AllSpark, it is literally always this thing that often will form into a cube ever since 2009 or so, uh, or 2007 or so, like basically post animated, right? Cause animated was not always a cube. It was that kind of weird shape at first. It's like this thing that will likely become a cube, uh, is the source of all energy on a planet because, and sometimes it's also holy and magical sometimes, but not always, uh, except in every iteration, it's at least stated to be magical. And that's all it is. It's always a cube. They're trying to find a cube, Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, beyond that, like, beyond just, like, I'm tired of the AllSpark, I would love some kind of space-faring series where we're not stuck to Earth or Cybertron, we're going other places, we're exploring the galaxy, we're getting into, like, you know, hi, you know outer space hijinks. Uh, I, I, it opens you up to not only a lot of, like, unique toy potential, just because you could just invent whatever would exist on whatever planet the characters are on mm-hmm. but you also have the opportunity to a make the autobot and decepticon war seem universe spanning as you find different colonies and groups of autobots and decepticons fighting mm-hmm. uh you open up the you open up possibilities like having the ability to have like optimus and rodimus coexisting they're mm-hmm. just different characters handling different sides of the war around the galaxy yeah uh, and and also getting into that whole sci-fi side of it uh is infinitely more interesting and they've been doing it since G1 it's, it's in season 3 like the the allowing there to be like going a little bit in Star Trek here imagine the series where it's like instead of the war it's like hey this is a ship full of scientists and explorers and like you know one or two military types uh for the sake of having a big fist on the ship and the civil war is going on, but it broke out while they were out doing diplomatic missions. And this, mm-hmm. this crew have to now balance the growing, you know, civil war with the fact that they interact with a lot of other species who are just hearing that the, you know, nigh immortal shape shifting robot species has decided to start having this, uh, um, planetary scale or galactic scale civil war that is impacting every single world that they touch. Stuff like that could be could be really I, interesting. I mean, you 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 kind of even brought up another angle with it. There, uh, you could 
you know, if you depicted Optimus Prime as like an explorer during peacetime, like he's the leader, he's leader of the Autobots, leader mm-hmm. of the planet, essentially. But he goes off world to explore around, and by the time the main cast gets back to Cybertron, Megatron has just done everything. Yeah, like coming back to yeah. like kind of dystopia. Yeah, well, you kind of well, you do Beast Machines right. Let's that's what I <laughs> yeah. want to phrase it as. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, you do. I mean, it, it by coincidence is you know doing Beast Machines, but like you know the whole thing of I mean Cyberverse even. I, you know, I keep saying it, but like Cyberverse even touched on that when um, they they return home only to find you know things aren't going super well. Oh yeah, well Megatron's waiting for him. Yeah, like Megatron beat him beat him home. Oh, just kind of like with Beast Machines. I just realized. <laughs> uh but yeah you see where we need new stories <laughs> yeah uh yeah i just what sucks is that whatever if if a new you know big big overarching clincher ever ever get like arises it, it feels likely that like just by the nature of, of franchise development um in general that it will then get repeated about 14 times uh so just, it's that it's that wonderful problem of like I and and it's the thing I don't know if it's you know because something's being written by committee or written via notes, but it's like, hey, we know that this story worked before. Let's just put this story in our new shell, and that's that's a good story, right? I mean, it was a good story the last three times we did it, right? <laughs> right yeah, yeah and and you know it it is that that is why i think it's so valuable when transformers gets to do stuff that to me um is is interesting beyond something relatable to the toy line uh because it's it's stuff like idw comics to me are um i'm trying to think of the right word for this they're they're a thing that, that by all accounts probably shouldn't exist because of the nature of what transformers is as a corporate franchise Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, obviously, yes, like their existence does draw more people into the franchise by existing. So that one can say it's a form of, you know, good, you know, long reach marketing into different um, different sectors. But like the the freedom express, like the fact that the, the current IDW book basically spent well over a year not having a war uh, is amazing to me. And I know that's been a problem for a lot of people. And that's not what I'm talking about right now. But like. They got to do the slow burn build up to why a war even broke out in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I love it because, like, that doesn't service anything to sell toys. Uh, briefly, it's like, oh, they're using current toys as reference. So there's Galaxy Prime's core robot, and that's what they're using for Optimus Prime. I guess he gets the Galaxy armor later. And it's like, he, he's still Orion Pax. He, in fact, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's even really had like a fight with anyone so much as he's like been taking on more security duties and he's trying like mad to, you know, get his, uh, his off and on boyfriend Megatron to stop being so extra, uh, which as of the last few issues is definitely no longer going to be, I think, a thing. I think that we're now over that hump, but, um, yeah. In the short version of of us kind of going on and on about this, is just like the the more you do about Transformers that isn't Autobots wage their war against the evil Decepticons, the better. Like the the more you do that isn't just the G one theme song, the better. Um, that's what I would like to see. Uh, I, I I'm gonna move us along here to our penultimate listener question for this episode, which is from J Bobo, J B Obo. 720. Um, 
Do you guys ever come across vestigial or otherwise not well-documented transformation features on Transformers? What are some standout ones? I literally just found out that the power of the Prime Optimus Mold's ankles snap and lock into place. Combiner Wars Victorion has a tab and slot on the hilt of her combined sword that I have yet to find a purpose for. I look forward to your answers. Kurik. Um, that was in uh, Katakana. For me, the first thing that jumped to mind was um, from the last few years... I I, I kind of decided to dig into the old 2009 leader Revenge of the Fallen Optimus and Jetfire and that combination because in mm-hmm. the 10 years since at the time, people had just found more and more designed things that were not in either just not in the instructions or not clear in the instructions. And so it was really interesting in 2019 to assemble those two toys because I hadn't done it since like 2009 because uh, I hated it in 2009. And no, like, like basically reading this list of like, here are all the actual designed locks and measures for this toy to combine was an incredible experience because I was like, it's unbelievable how much all of this was was clearly designed. If in '09 they had had a detailed uh, company made video detailing how all this works, I think that like the opinion on the combination would have been different altogether. Like just in the fandom, uh, let alone my own. Mm. Um, that's that's honestly just still fresh in my mind since last year because last year was only like three months ago. Uh, so it's it's it's, it's man. It's, it goes back again to the instructions thing. Also, I just I'm going to give the update. Uh, Unicron.com does have instruction scans up from this year, but they're for Hot House. I clicked on the Unicron.com page for Grease Pit, and I'm not seeing. The instructions. I don't think that the Lucas brothers have got Grease Pit yet, but I hope they do. Because that, that stuff needs, uh, what do you call it? Archiving. I'm going to keep digging around in here, but whilst I do, um, TJ, are there any vestigial or undocumented uh, features you can think of that, uh, that stick tr- out? I'm trying to think of any example that I can remember, and it's escaping me. It's. I would say it's a hard thing to answer nowadays because we've kind of all given up on instructions so a lot of, like a lot of us don't even look at them anymore outside of a few uh few examples also like also with instructions these days who knows what exactly is actually explained properly and what's not uh, yeah i mean part part of the question being like you know stuff that's left out of instructions i guess you got to see the instructions to know if it's been left out of the instructions such a weird thing to say um, I also might have been looking at the wrong part of Unicron.com when I went searching for stuff. So as that story develops, um, TJ, we'll, if you can think of anything, go for it. If not, no worries. Uh, Aaron, anything jump to mind for you as far as vestigial or undocumented? How how about a completely lost mode on Universe Gravitron? I mean, yeah, that's I guess in parallel. The vestigial I mean, bits and pieces of that Voyager version. Yeah, I mean, I I think that was the point where I I had multiple rants and raves. I know, um, on on the show about cases like that. Of hey, here's the slot flaps. Yeah, the you know all of these various things that get designed in, and it's a question that I know. I've asked back in the Hasbro panel days, and I've seen asked other times of like, who does the instructions? And quite frequently their answer is like, oh, that goes to 
some other person in you know marketing is who ends up doing instructions after we walk them through a couple of times or things along that line depending on the time frame and it's like so you know that you know um what was it um all, like all the various things that happen on armada megatron you know talking with aaron archer he's like yeah there are you know all of those little gimmicks that are on him we had notes about all of them to go on the instructions and then they just weren't or you know just any of those things that ends up becoming because it's not the designers running it down to yeah. you know it's not the guy that designed the toy making the instructions you end up with you know here's the instructions for conversion and that's it because that's <laughs> the, what's required well, versus the, like no we built this whole other thing into it well yeah that's what i mean it's like, here's the instructions for conversion kind at least roughly it gets it from yeah. mode to mode sort of it might have left some yeah. stuff out and you know <laughs> yeah or i mean it even comes you know sometimes they're better um but like frequently if it's not something that's on the conversion or like the two pack um like micro masters that are coming out now that will have their dumb combined together into a gun mode thing mm-hmm. that kind that sometimes ends up in the instructions versus you know like you were saying before with the the not weaponizers the modulators the modulators like the other modes that are clearly, you know, there was design intent for them that doesn't show up except for on the, the second releases instructions. Yeah, the whole thing about Ironworks is because I mean I got what I got I got linked to Ironworks instructions, so I, I finally got it because I still haven't got that toy. So I got to look at the mm-hmm. the other side of the sheet where they show you here's how we can armor mode and and yeah and and how all of that it, it was like grease pit was the quote unquote reveal of what the bucket is for mm-hmm. on that design and it's not just the bucket but even like little things like where grease pits gas tanks go like the function and use of some of the non five millimeter ports and pegs on yeah. some modes and and uh on on most transformers toys i think it's not a problem because they are a single piece you know one mode to one mode toy but the modulators are they're like build toys they're like you know glios or lego where yes you can just go wild with it but like unlike lego for instance all their body parts were built with the idea of having, th- you know, two to four specific configurations with tooling to accommodate it. And I like the idea of knowing what those, you know, it, um, iterations were, uh, both for reference sake and also just, to, you know, to know why some stuff is on them. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. But yeah, there there have almost always been stuff that gets dropped out uh one way or another down to um with you know you talked about the old jet fire and optimus prime the new jet fire where he had an optimus prime part hidden inside of a thing oh it was just yeah so it was that, just in the packaging with no explanation yeah and then it was like oh i guess it's, so you know you can easily that one one could piece together oh it's a replacement set of abs if you have a different version of the voyager optimus but yeah then finding out oh there's also a design slot for it to live in 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 jetfire right and it's like i remember i remember my my wording at the time when we found that out was along the lines of like it's kind of disrespectful to the designer that like they had built that whole little function in there and then it, it got left out <laughs> 
in the documentation. Yep. <laughs> uh, that actually happened on um, on on the Ocular Max third party Bruticus that I've re- I've really have been liking, but it was weird that like as those toys came out, there was one gun, Vortex's gun, just seemed to not have anywhere to live, and it was mm-hmm. like, what's going on? And then someone figured out that this had been left out of the documentation that on the design level there is a flap on Bruticus's back with two slots in it that you kind of can you can easily not notice that let you hide Vortex's gun inside Bruticus's spinal cord basically just so, so that everything is hmm. stored on him and, and I remember it's like well that's amazing because it you know that means all the the little accessories have a place to live on Bruticus that isn't just like a kind of you know janky I have a gun stuck on the side of my bicep kind of thing uh, but it's it's really weird that that wasn't documented at all um, yeah and it's easy to say like if the instructions suck already why do you care about documenting them but like because they were there's still evidence of design you know yeah In- and that's the thing is even if it's bad if it still kind of shows it it's going to give the clue that like it's there because oh what was um trying to think of some of the other things wasn't it um in i can't remember if it was in the mainline movie line or if it was in um i think it was studio series where optimus prime came with megatron shotgun that was gun. uh yeah yep. that, that was in age of extinction age of extinction yeah um the g1 alt mode optimus prime uh, evasion mode yes. optimus came with a gun that happened to also be a missing accessory for megatron from two and a half years prior yeah and yeah that was yeah that was just figured out because of notches on the handle and I, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that was documented anywhere. Uh, and yeah, stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> say it. Uh, I think that the, also just the nature of the Hasbro Corporation, you know, and having to curate a lot of its messaging interferes with that kind of archiving. And this is weird because it's a similar conversation to the one about software and, you know, video gaming being the easy example about maintaining the, you know, referenceable archive of software that's existed uh and it, it's kind of like if video game instructions and, and guides you know just didn't exist at all except with video games one can still through through either just ha- peeling open code or hammering on it with cheat engine you know you can start to f- figure out weird stuff about games uh with physical toys i feel like it's harder because especially with pegs and holes it's so difficult to know like is this coincidental that these fit together or is it by design that these fit together yeah or was it a coincidence that was found during design you know like (laughs) yeah i i think that stuff is important to know for and i i understand completely if it if it seems very uninteresting to any given other person but uh it bugs me uh that it's not properly archived um Anyway, I hope that that answered some of your question there, uh, JB Obo. Uh, our last listener question for today is from uh, Sideswipe29. Um, this one, I can kind of summarize this a bit. This is when Studio Series 86 had, was getting leaked and discovered in listings, but had no images, really. And it had to do with, with like, I forgot. Apparently, there's a Gnaw that's going to be in that Studio Series. Um, 
set up, you know, whatever that is. Uh, but I think that the crux of the question was, was that there was a huge discussion that I completely avoided, if I'm being honest, about whether or not G1 and 86 movie characters should exist in the studio series line. Um, and this is, I think, also when we still weren't quite sure. I mean, now we know. Um, yeah. And, and in fact, they did it the best way, where the G1 stuff has its own numbering scheme. And the packaging mm-hmm. designates it as Studio Series Transformers the movie. So it's like it's completely separated. They're just using a styling, uh, basically. But um, it's just, yeah, it's the idea of... We touched on this a bit, but, you know, just in case we had anything else to really converse about, um, the idea of Studio Series moving outside of the live-action movies. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's fine... Uh, as as we've said before, specifically that th- there's so much live action studio series already done that it's it's there's very little that's getting shunted to the side um, by the existence of this. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting because it, I I I hope and I know it won't happen, but I really hope they keep getting cute with the the word studio and studio series and go like, all right, now here's some Transformers animated from Transformers animated, the opening movie, because it debuted with an opening movie. Technically that was sliced into episodes later. Uh, those, those TV movie versions of Transformers or the ending of prime, uh, beast hunters. I would love it if they Mm -hmm. could sneak in studio series stuff, pulling from those, you know, technically Transformers movies. I mean, it, what is linked studio series and necessarily movies? What? Why can't it just be from the artist's studio? That would be a, an excellent pivot that I think is, has even less of a chance to happen. But I would love it if they well, actually. No, I had, mean, there, like, there's. I mean, it's the same way. What's black series mean? Oh, I mean, I mean, what's that one, legends mean? Yeah, those, it's just those a just series words. line. Yeah. But I mean, st- studio at least off like studio actually offers a clear thematic idea. It did because it was all the movie stuff way after movies. But it, but it still does because they're pulling from the quote unquote eighty six movie. Like when I say yeah. they're getting cute with it, that's why I would love it if they use that you know quote unquote excuse to keep getting cute and go like, hey, here's where we can slip in another animated toy, another prime toy. I mean, technically, generations, which Studio Series is a part of, it says it on the packaging. Generations plural was supposed to do that, but it hasn't for a very long time. Uh, for at least it hasn't for a very long time outside of overarching themes like upcoming with Kingdom, where it's like Beast Wars. They travel back. There's Beast Wars. I'm I'm thinking more of when Generations could just randomly have stuff like Armada Hotshot in it. Um, but Aaron, you actually really put a bug in my brain about the idea of like artist studio Transformers, where it's like we're gonna release four figures a year, but like each one is a fully functioning transformer that is fully in the aesthetic of a given artist. Like that stuff would be really be cool. cool. That stuff would be really cool. Give me the give me the uh that's where we could get a really a really good windblade. <laughs> get a Sarah Stone windblade in there. And then a year later go like, "Hey, we're doing another windblade. Sarah Peter Duroche windblade this time." Like give me give me the two Sarahs, two windblades. Uh amongst other things. That could get so bad though. I mean, it could get really lousy <clears throat> for like head yeah, retooling. <laughs> Well, that, well, also like, well, well, you're gonna create molds you can never use again because it's all specific to an artist. But beyond that, like, if you give it to the wrong artist, like, here's the Patly Optimus, the puffy proportions. But I would love that as a physical <laughs> toy. Like, <laughs> that's that's why I would say it's four figures a year. Artists only really get to go once, and then that's why I would love to have a disparate like 
mess like a patly optimist that's also supposed to transform can you imagine how much fun slash frustration would be though like like on the design side like how do we make this nonsense turn into a remotely a truck (laughs) come with a neck extender for that one shot where his neck should be like four feet above his shoulders make it part of the transformation his head is on an armature that you can happen to extend (laughs) up like that if you really want to it's it's just one of those implode explode guys. You just flip them entirely inside out. That's the only way that it actually works. I mean, yeah, I was just about to say, for what I just said, they've been kind of doing that with G one cartoon models anyway. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this yeah, look at the, look at the look at the way that Cup looks to be transforming. He just kind of flips inside out. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, apply that to to other weird artistic styles. I would just I would love to see that kind of thing. That that was one of my hopes for the. Um, the, the Flame Toys model kit series. And I feel like that's really dying off. Like they're getting in an artist, you know, here and there, but it's, it seems like they're really focusing on like, we got mecha artists or we got like famous anime studio artists in, and and it's not, we got transformers artists in outside of like when they get Alex, they technically do Alex Milne stuff, but they call it IDW style. Uh, I think the huge opportunity there was lost. And I'd love to see that get picked up. With actual transformation. Uh, never will, but boy, that would be really cool. Uh, maybe that could maybe that could eventually sub in in place of the movie crossover transformers they're doing. If they if they feel like they run out of ideas for that. Um, oh, that'd be so cool. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm I gotta I gotta detach from that idea. Do either of you guys have any thoughts about the idea of Gnaw in the Studio Series? Because like, I, I always forget that there's all these other names in there that I guess are probably going to happen. A Gnaw done in the style of the Alicon, I would kind of be into seeing. Because the Alicon is a dumbass toy, but it's fun. Uh, having messed with the with the Pit of Judgment version. Um, oh, now I just remembered something else I was going to say about a previous question. So I'm going to say that after we finish with this one. Uh, but I don't know, Aaron, DJ, like, like, it's hard to say without any photos, which is why I tend to skip these lines of discussion. But do you have any ideas on, on the idea of a gnaw occurring? Uh, it's, it, it was in the movie, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm down for it if they give it some... If, they, if, they, if it looks more like the movie than the versions we've had. Because we've basically had... The Titans return gnaw uh, not, twice now, and I say that including the Cyberverse figure because it's basically the same thing. Yeah, uh, I'd re- I'd really like a gnaw with better proportions. Some yeah. of them looks more like some look looks more like the meathead that's in the movie. Like, a, well, yeah, that's that's why I think a deluxe would be pretty cool because they'd have enough room to actually pull off better proportions. Because <laughs> because Titans Return gnaw is great, but like. Titans Return Gnaw is because partly great because it, it is barely existing in that that size class. Like it's mm-hmm. it's struggling to exist in that size class. Uh see, I'd, I'd be down with that. The I, I'm gonna say the the other thing I realized was about the packaging thing with packaging you might not want to open. Um the Quintesson Pit of Judgment, I've actually seen the conversation about whether or not it's even worth opening, and, and something I really liked about it is that you can strip the toys out and you still have the cardboard diorama. Like, you know, they won't stay attached to parts of it without the little trays, but the whole diorama is still in there, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it reminds me, I have an inadvertently sealed toy as well, which is the power of the primes Optimus primal with the throne. 
um, the pro- the optimal optimus on the throne. Yeah. I never meant to keep that sealed, but I was just like, I, ne- I never got around to opening it. It's still just chilling out on top of a large stack in my living room. Because uh, I wanted, I like the throne. I like the idea of sticking the thirteen prime masters into the big wheel. So I don't want to like ditch that packaging, but also I, I don't know where that I'd ever put it. Big wheel's kind of garbage. Yeah, I know the big wheel. I kind of, I kind of want to just do it once to to then convince myself that's worth just throwing out the packaging. Uh, but yeah, that one is inadvertently ended up sealed because I never, I haven't felt the urge to open it. Uh, Joey Ichabod sold me. I think he was the one who. Oh no, no, he was gonna sell me. He didn't because I found one on Mandarake um, instead. I think. This is so long ago. But a Power of the Primes, uh, Rodimus Unicronus has also been sealed in packaging on the same stack because it showed up around the same time. And I just, again, never really got around to opening it yet. I don't feel like saving the packaging on that one whatsoever. I just, I want to open it up. I just haven't, haven't really made the time. Uh, and that's fine. And sometimes it's fun having sealed toys sitting around where you're like, I don't want this packaging and I want to open it. Um, especially if you bought them in a way where there's no real route by which to return them or get a replacement, so it doesn't matter if you haven't checked on the state of the figure. Um, anyway, thank you uh, for all your listener questions. We still have about like two more of these kind of episodes worth to go through, um, if that gives any proportion. I'm still going to sprinkle them in where I can now that we are, hopefully, out of having massive, massive doses of news. Um but let's uh, let's let's move into the other, I guess, like kind of half of whatever this podcast would be, which is some what we got this week. On topic, the only reason I didn't do that on the top of the episode is I really wanted us to just dive into listener questions first and see how we feel afterwards. Uh, I, I have some on topic stuff I can talk. Well, I have I have an on topic thing I can talk about. Um, but uh, TJ, I want to start with you because um, you had some on topic stuff, if I recall correctly, as well. I wonder uh, if we have crossover, but I can't remember anymore. I mean, I told you we had crossover. That that was you mentioned it. It's a big box of five toys. This is true. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Time dilation. I, I, it's it sounds like a running gag, but it's legit. Yes. Do you want to talk about the Quintesson Pit of Judgment? I mean, sure, we can. Uh, because I, I'll, I'll just talk about how I was like, ah, I'm just going to skip these Pulse exclusives because Pulse shipping to Canada sucks. And then they just showed up on ebgames.ca on the Monday and I ordered it and I had it on the Wednesday. <laughs> and then I found out from a bunch of people that they were still waiting for theirs for ages off of Pulse and I felt kind of guilty. Uh, but yeah, TJ, um, did you open it all up? Uh, Yeah. Did you did you say I I I still have the box though. Did are you are you saving the box or are you going to ditch yeah, the box? Yeah, yeah, I've got I've still got the box. It's a nice diorama. There's a few boxes where I've kept I've sold I I remember the the SDCC set of Dinobots like the Age of Extinction Dinobots in the G1 colors. Oh man, I that sold hmm. I sold those off. I kept the box. Cuz it's the whole inside of the arc and it's the outside of the volcano. That was designed by the pop-up specialist, uh, specialist uh-huh. who did the, who did the pop-up book, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, that was the whole thing. It's like pop around magnets, and you've got a whole playset. Yeah. Oh man, I kind of forgot. It. I forgot about that. And now I just remembered the hair metal band exclusive too. Oh jeez, that was a whole different era. That was pre John Warden. Oh man. Um, so yeah, the 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 pit of judgment. I think is an excellent box set. Uh, 
I would agree with that. It's the first time I mess with the Quintesson and the first time I mess with the Alicon, too. I've still never messed with yeah. the regular versions. Same, same. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bit of Wave 2 in, but I can't find those two. So I, I had the opportunity to buy the Quintesson Judge at EB Games the other day, but now that I've messed with one, I don't want to pay full price for an- another one. I would like another one for half price. If I could. <laughs> Let's talk about the Quintesson. The Quintesson is like really beautiful sculpt. Boy, howdy. We, I know, cause uh-huh. We've talked about the, the single pack one before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> it's a bad Transformers toy, but it's like, I really like it. <laughs> uh, mine has problems that are not common. I found out after I shared them, which is that the, the cylinder cage slash skull cap whole thing on mine, mm-hmm. not, none of that locks into place anywhere, nor does mine have any friction. So if I tip my Quintesson over, the top of his head falls off. Oh no. I, I don't know what to do with the salad bowl either. Yeah. Like, like, there's nowhere for it to go, there's nowhere for it to tab to, there's no friction. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with it. Well, because for some folks, from what I understand, because, you know, I attach it to the cage and slot the cage in, right? Mm-hmm. And some folks said, yeah, the cage friction, I can turn my... They showed me a video, they turned their Quintesson upside down, and it stays in there. And so I was like, yeah, if I do that, the whole cage and salad bowl fall out on mine. And that's notwithstanding the alt mode, where it's like, the instructions are like, yeah, rest it on top. And yeah. I remember when I read that in the instructions, I was just like, this is a joke, right? Okay, this, this okay. <laughs> okay, well, okay, okay. I will say in Quint mode, yes, mine does stay put, so... Yeah, that's Sorry. A, it's a problem Sorry. with mine. You got, it's the, it, yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the tower mode slash prison mode. Here's where the, here's where the instructions are literally just an arrow with it going down. Yeah. To rest, to like rest mm. on the five chins that are folded up. Yeah, and even then I was like, given, this is only because there are, there are clear and clever locking mechanisms for all the dumbass little nothing ramps that come out from that mode. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the part of the reason why this annoys me is because all the other dumb nonsense on this has tactile satisfaction, at least. But this this dumb thing, bowl thing on the top, it's like, yeah, I, I was looking for the hidden tab slots to lock into a couple of the chins or something. And it's like, nope. Uh, one might say, why would you even transform the Quintesson? Because I paid for all the moving parts, is why. <laughs> uh, you want to fight, like, Quintessons don't transform. Okay, fine. But they made it transform. I want to see how it came out. Yeah, and even if it's a dumb transformation, it can be satisfying. We'll, I'll be talking about the Alicon in a second, for instance. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, like especially right now, where, like, if you're really into that airlock system, here's the central tower for all of that. And that yeah. could be cool if that's what you're into. Yeah, and the chair, I like what the chair does. Like, it's very simple. It just flattens out, but it has the airlock connectors all over it. Uh, yeah. The, the Quintesson is, uh, like, outside of that, it is a good Quintesson. It is the best Quintesson on the market, I think, as far as bang for your buck. Uh, all the better third-party Quintessons, of which I think there is only one that isn't out yet, even the Impossible Toys one, exponentially more expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is is a bad bang for your buck already. Those ones are exponentially more expensive. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Egg is multiple hundreds of dollars, but that is because... I think it was ex-transbots who were doing Dr. Egg. They they went a little bit mad, and they put, like, like wireless electronics into him. So you can motorize, spin his faces and stuff. And it's like... Oh, jeez. It's, it's like, that's cool. 
if you're gonna make an expensive Quintesson, then letting me like push buttons to motorize, rotate the faces is as my kind of jam. Sure, I'm never gonna buy it anytime soon because it's expensive, uh, and I'm focused on something else right now. But uh, yeah, the the head sculpts are great. the The moving mouths are a wonderful touch. I love the dumb little pistol and the fact that it hides under his chair. Uh, the tentacles are gonna crumple on these things, though. Like, yeah, I, I'm not digging the part where it's like, cause I'm digging the part where they have kind of a secret peg and, and hole system to have him like aim the gun with a tentacle. I'm not digging the part where that involves just like bending the tentacle because they don't feel mm-hmm. great. <laughs> uh, they don't, they don't feel very nice to me at all. I think we're going to hopefully have replacement tentacle options in the future. Uh, I, I, we might not. But I really hope we do, because I don't think these things are going to survive very long in the coming years. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing for me. Is like because I love because of my love of five faces of five faces of darkness. I wanted four of these things. Yeah. Which now uh, I could have three and one off color one. I, I'm down to uh, definitely to, just judge Liberata sick that day. I, I don't I don't mind the color once I found out the color differences between the two, which is super minor. It's it's like kind of inverting green to gray if I remember right on the tentacles in the chair uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm down to get the single pack one on, on sale someday so I have two I'd be okay to eventually pick up a few more down the road but beyond getting a single pack one I'd rather just like find these loose in dealer rooms or something or you know people trying to just regret sell or, or ditch them for cheap I'd be okay to, to in the long term just buy quintessons when I see them uh, I just don't want to do it at like 40 Canadian a pop because it really yeah. doesn't feel good at retail like the thing for me is I would love to have just a set of four quints because like in my head that's the number they came in there was four of them at one time I yeah. don't know where I would even begin to keep them. Yeah, in part because of the tentacles. The, those, it's the tentacles that do the whole thing. Like, they don't even work in my current shelf arrangement to just put one in there. Yeah, they're so, like, oddly spread out. It's like the, the footprint of one of those toys, if you don't want the tentacles to, like, get tangled in toys around it, is kind of enormous. Uh, another reason why I, I'm, I really would love to see a, a nicely done, like, jointed tentacles as replacements. I don't mind breaking up the tentacle sculpts if it means that, like, I can pose them. Uh, I don't really want, like, wire posable ones, because those never feel yeah. great to me. Uh, yeah. But, I, I, but like, it, it's, it's missing that just, like, they're so thin, I don't even know how you'd work a hinge in there, but just one hinge so they could, like, fold up. Yeah. Because the top hinge is fine. If there's just, like, one in the middle, you know, that, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be cool with that. Um, but yeah, like, the Quintesson was... I was glad I finally got to mess with one. It is, it is a nice size. It feels great. I love I love the trigger pull for the, the face spinning. Like, it's a little bit tricky. You gotta, you gotta know what to hold on to so you don't just, like, you know, rip him backwards out of his chair when you do that. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's satisfying. It's cute. It's fun. Um, yeah, like, I think with... Oh, Quintesson, that's basically the the pinnacle. Like, that's about what you can expect to do with them, is spin the faces, because that's what they did. Yeah, I, I'm still let down that I can't remove the faces, because I, I, you know, you gotta be able to carry one of them around. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's small-time that's small stuff. Like, I'm fine. I'll get over it. Um, 
and then let's let's talk quickly about the Alicon because I never I still have not seen a deluxe Alicon, so I've only ever messed with the Bailiff. The Bailiff, I get the name right. Yeah, it's the Bailiff. Yeah, um, I, I I I am surprised how much I like that figure. That figure looks so much better in person in both modes. Uh, it is not a photogenic figure at all. <laughs> no. Um transformation is quite satisfying actually even though i think it's bonkers that they had to fake chest him <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't know I, I i'm sure someone told me i just forgot basically because they were telling me audibly or in text and i didn't see the figure in front of me when i just doing the transformation i actually was sitting there going like do i have to parts form this off of his back and thankfully no but then i was like wait what am i revealing they faked the chest <laughs> <laughs> and I I kind of get why, but I'm also like, not faking the chest would alter the proportions, yes. Kind of for the better, though, I think. <laughs> I don't know what it was. There was just dead set on getting that to be, like, spot-on proportion to his original character sheet. And it's like, congratulations that you got the chest spot-on proportion. Can we talk about the mess that are the arms in both modes? <laughs> Because any also you got a spot on proportion in the robo with the chest. Good job. What did you What did you do to the legs of the alligator? Because <laughs> you didn't do anything with them. That's the well. Th- thank goodness, right? The more I, when I messed with them and transformed them, I'm like, okay, there's a way that you can make this alicon mode look like a different mode from the waist down, and it's kind of neat. It's, but it's also kind of like a mascot mode, and they even sculpted the gator heads to to not be able to look up. Because if it could look up, you could hunch him forward more and look a bit more like an Alicon. So it's like they they went dead set on this kind of not screen accurate, but still okay Alicon mode. And it's like, okay, but then you also went dead set screen accurate on the robot chest. And it's weird. And, and, And all of this is double weird because at the end of the day, I really like that figure. It's an ugly figure that fails to accomplish some of its thesis enormously, but it's so fun to transform and pose in both modes that it's like, I don't really care, because it still succeeds as a Transformers toy. Yeah, it's a it's bizarrely charming is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, the, the more I mess with the more I messed with it and the less that I followed the instructions on the legs. Yeah, like like once upon yeah, like I've just got the legs doing my own thing. Like once upon a time, we were looking at photos of this toy, and I was saying, "Like, wait, there's those feet can like angle forward. Like, there's a there's a transformation bit that is not being worked in here. This has to work better. It doesn't. So, uh, so the feet, yeah, the feet have two separate hinged tilts, one sideways and one just forward." The forward one is a transformation piece. It's to do a weird, stumpy digi-degrade of the legs. And that's the key to making the gator mode work. Except it also means this isn't a gator. This is a weird digi-degrade biped monster. And that's fine. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, like, how accurate is a Sharktacon? Yeah, I mean, like, a Sharktacon is like... There's like a certain shape that the Sharktacon still hits, which is a it's a it's a ball with a mouth, basically. And the Alicon shape to me has always been it's not it's not literally a gator, but it's that its head is a is a long mouth with a tail sticking off the back on a pair of stumpy legs. And this Alicon feels more like a Sharktacon to me than an Alicon as far as the shape. 
because it's a bit more of a ball, except this one has you know a longer tail than a Sharktacon. I don't know. It's it's weird to put it. It's like it's like it's another type of Sharktacon as opposed to an Alicon to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the key thing is, like the Sharktacon, even if it gets that those visual cues wrong, it's it's a it's a really fun tactile experience, and it poses well in both modes. Uh, you just got to be real specific about your photography in the Alicon mode, and so mm-hmm. it still hits all the marks. Where you know, rolling back a little bit. Quinnison isn't even all that fun to transform uh, because it sets you up for this wonderful final tactile locking moment that never happens with the salad bowl. Uh, it's, it's just wholly unsatisfying. And if the salad bowl locked in, I would have much nicer things to say about the Quinnison overall because it's like the tower mode's stupid, but it's solid if that thing locked in. Uh, yeah. Instead, it ain't. <laughs> Uh, also, the Bayless retools are incredible, and I'm kind of worried that if I ever do find a regular Alicon, like I think the Bailiff looks so much better. Uh, but I might—I haven't seen a regular Alicon in person. Um, but no, the, the Bailiff is, it was kind of the highlight to me of that set. Uh, the colors are great. The sculpt is great. Um, you know what I love? Speaking of undocumented features, mm-hmm. that he does have that little extra blade on his tail. Yeah, oh, it's so dumb and it's great because you never have to even engage with it. But if you really want to, it's like secret well, knife. <laughs> well, well, what's perfect? What's perfect is realizing that the Alicon's hands are five millimeter compatible. So yeah. I usually give I usually give the beast mode that knife. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll turn into an alligator. No, I want a knife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, on the arms, like the arms suck. Kind of almost oh, objectively, yeah. but they lock in so well that they're still satisfying to me. Because, <laughs> like, I would, I, why of all arms they decide not to have the hands fold away? That's all I would be, I'd be completely okay with the arms just pinning to the side if I didn't have to look at the hands. Yeah, if the hands folded away, I, I think there would there would be no problem really to speak of. Because it, it it just flow with the weird kind of Sharktacon ball jank that they went for on the Alicon mode. It, it's, it's yeah, it's so weird, and it's like like I said, it doesn't bug me as much now that I have it in person because like in photos it just looks like the arms are chilling on the side, full stop. On a tactile level, they lock in in a really pleasant way, and it's like all right, like it still looks bad, but I know it's locked in. And like that, that does something with, that sends a good little brain chemical, uh, in through my system. Um, similarly, the way that the weapons can store in both modes on the back, with that little kind of tab, uh, something about that. that's just like, puts me in a happy place. Um, do you, do you have any, anything really specific to say about, about the shark to we get? Cause like outside, it's like nice colors, but that's really yeah, about it's it. just it's it's interesting that we do get that as a like it's a it's an interesting color scheme. Like I don't mind the color scheme, but it looks like they're going for like Sharktacon colors, but underwater. Yeah, except except the water was yellow in that scene. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just odd. I, I think it works also because anyone who has troop built the Sharktacons has a mix of Titans Return and Legends and now this one and possibly Cyberverse. 
uh, and that's if you're just going official. So yeah, it also kind of yeah. works in that like there's it's established almost of like having different hues of Sharktacon uh, in a collection. Um, yeah, like it's actually interesting that we have like different hues and different sizes, and they're all based, you know, all in the kind of the same vibe. Yeah, like right down, like right down to the little Cyberverse ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's all yeah that little three pack um, that you can get a hold of too. Like they all just they just look like a. a, a, a this is the upside of them doing the Alicons as more of like another type of Sharktacon. It just looks like there's this very varied family tree of Sharktacon Alicon species and and genuses that you can have, you know, as uh quintesson uh wildlife, basically. Yeah, the Yeah, well like for like once they left Cybertron, the Quintessons had a very distinct idea for what their like personal army of Transformers is going to be. Lots of teeth. Yeah. They were like, like we want mouths and then we'll figure the rest out. <laughs> And then they'll have robot it, modes. Hey, but and then, and, and then in 2020, a toy designer will have the same idea for the Alicon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, 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 like, the one bummer about the Alicon is really that, like, it does not unseat um, uh, Mugger, the third-party Alicon that was designed as a, a kind of a companion piece to Gnaw and that, uh, that had a, a weapon mode to go with Combiner Wars toys that then went on, like, deep discount three-pack clearance, and that was still one of the saddest things I'd ever seen, because, like, that's such a good toy. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, rest of the, the rest of the Pit of Judgment really is, uh, I'll say again, the diorama's great. Uh, the Prosecutor, quietly, to me, second best part of the box set. Uh, this prosecutor, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget the roles, but yeah, the prosecutor, an excellent sculpt, beautiful sculpt, and and the piece de resistance in that toy is that the head can look left and right. Given what the prosecutor looks like, that has an oddly powerful level of of emote emote um energy to it. Uh, because his arms are just like spindly tentacle things, and he doesn't have legs. So the fact that he can look left and right, he he just feels really alive to me, given that he's just a tiny, like, two-piece figure with an energy stand you peg him onto. Mm. I, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, that is all he really did in the show, is he just wiggled his tentacles around and then just kind of shifted his head left and right. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's weird enough, it's all you really need him to do, because that's all he ever did do. And if he was any bigger, they'd try to cram, like... I don't know some some weird, you know, jail cell trans you know, transformation <laughs> out of her. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just amazing because I spent about ten minutes thinking that he was a one piece figure that pegged onto the stand, and I was like, yeah, he's okay. And then I accidentally bumped his head, and I was like, wait, his head moves. And and mm-hmm. comparing the two, like my thoughts before and after discovering that, I was like. The the amount that this head rotation has done for this little figurine is kind of uh, incredible to me. Like how much power this is adding to this little this little kind of extra figure. Uh, it helps that the sculpt is really good too. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that the prosecutor someday can maybe become available in some accessory set or something, so more people can mess with the prosecutor. The prosecutor's so good. Uh, especially just to have chilling out with these... Like, I love the sense of scale we have now, of the prosecutor is like this little human-sized thing, and the Quintessons are kind of... kind of intimidatingly gigantic. 
I mean, if you actually go back and look at the, that scene, you can kind of interpret it that way. Oh, yeah. it's just, I, I love the illusion offered by the Quintesson sitting so far away that it's easy to think, like, yeah, they're about the same size. But then if you ever make a Quintesson mad and they walk up, they float up to you, you're like, oh, you're big. Oh, you're a lot bigger than I thought. <laughs> you see, when you say phrase it that way, it sounds like they swell like a puffer fish. <laughs> I would be down. I'd be down. <laughs> <laughs> just their cheeks puff as they inhale. <laughs> the heads, well, the heads don't get bigger. Just the body just starts yeah. swelling. <laughs> uh, and because that that also kind of leads me to the um, like I we this this is the kind of the theme with me and these little accessory figures. Like we knew all this already. I had really been holding out hope that Kranix had like at least his arms or his head or anything could swivel around. But he's he's uh, like a little one piece assembly, as far as I can tell. Unless mine's yeah, like really he, stuck. He, no, he he doesn't do anything. He's, he's, after the prosecutor discovery, that suddenly became more of a letdown to me. And it's like <laughs> I I'm not expecting a super articulated little figure, but if I could wave his arms up and down, I would love that little Cranix. It, it's just because I can't. It's it's funny. It's almost funnier in a way that he's always standing stock still, even when I have him crookedly jammed inside the mouth of an alicon. But mm-hmm. man, it's like it's like a little like the the sheer power of the rotating head on the prosecutor. I think similar story if Kranix could do that and or raise his arms. Uh, otherwise, Kranix is fine. He's just he also comes hey. out a little gummy. I find. Yeah, Kranix, Kranix is just a cheap little inclusion because he needed to be in the set. Yeah, he's like, occupying he's, a he, slot. He's, yeah, he's mm. an accessory for the shark to Khan's mouth. Yeah. And he's he's fine. In fact, if they redecoed him as other, like, Arbalists or other background Lithonians for an accessory set somewhere, I'd be fine with it. I just wouldn't be as excited about it as I would be, like, you know, more prosecutors. Um... I'd love a prosecutor in a different color way. Just make make a new one up and just call him like the defense attorney. <laughs> <laughs> we never we never see him because he never shows up because there's no point. <laughs> he's the happiest Quintess he's the the happiest resident of Quintessa that there ever was because he gets paid a full salary to sit at home. <laughs> uh but yeah, it's a good set. Don't overpay for it, because it's it's retail price is the most I would ever pay for it, and it's still a little, a little bit high. I, I, yeah. I mathed it out. You, you really, We're going good. Okay, you really have to start imagining the, the box itself as like a play set to incorporate the value in your head. Yeah, the, you have to really like the, the packaging and the diorama, and you have to find value in the prosecutor. If you don't, it's not a great price. Uh, I felt okay buying it also because I was like... I'm paying a bit extra, but also this is coming from a Canadian retailer, and I am assuming they have, going by their wording, they have stock ready to go, and I feel kind of like I'm paying 10 bucks to have someone mule me the toy, in a way. Because also shipping was free because it was expensive. So I was like, okay, okay. But in future, if you see this thing and it's like, you know, 200 bucks or something, like, it, unless you love... The scene it's referencing, it's not going to feel great, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I love that scene. That might be one of my favorite scenes from the movie. I am barely comfortable with even the $70 retail. Yeah. It's just, it's a bit much, is the way I'd describe it. It's a bit, a bit much. 
Uh, yeah. You're paying for the size of the box and shipping that, too. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, uh, Pit of Judgment, uh, I'm happy I got it. Um, before we continue on some more of your track, I want to pop over. Aaron, have you got any fresh on-topic stuff you, uh, had ready to go? I do. The, the one thing that I actually have, uh, for this round on topic is finally cracked open the movie masterpiece Jazz. Oh! Yeah, I uh, yeah. I still would love to pick that figure up on sale, and I just never see it when it's on sale. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's amazing. I mean, it's a again a, a masterpiece toy. So um, you know, there's a, a certain threshold to begin with. Um, it, interesting transformation, um, especially since like his. It does have the whole like rip in half aspect of it that uh, Alfie cringed when I was partway through the transformation and kind of got upset at the the upper body parts getting in just kind of in the way because um, it has he's got like a three part sandwich thing where his like a lot of the car ends up on his shoulders but it has you do that much later in the transformation. So you have like the whole car side just kind of knocking around in the way. Yeah. And so once I was, once I was very clear on where that upper body, lower body separation was, I just kind of went and then put the upper half down and finished transforming the lower half without things in the way. And then went back to the upper half to do its transformation. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very much a like a quadrantized style transformation um once you get things separated and apart um but yeah has the very very good silver paint to it that makes it very much seem uh, metallic oh that classic transformers very good silver paint yeah like it, they got that on studio series soundwave as well it's like that yeah. that uh, the alternator's blue streak silver paint Mm-hmm. That almost like the old uh, Bandai Japan silver paint. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite the reflective metallic uh, that someone like the Bandai silver could get to, but it's 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 pretty good. Um, little bit of die cast in the feet, which like the more that I've handled it, the more I've almost been frustrated that it's there because it's the thing that's like, hey, and we've got die cast, and it's like, I mean, you put it in a good place to give it his his like feet a little bit more weight to help with balance, but it's two small pieces of die cast, and that's it. So it's it's more along the lines of we did the thing to check the box. I I am getting really tired of die cast and movie masterpiece because it's eighty percent of the time that's all it is is checking a box. And it's introducing a new material that I think has possibly been contributing to the janky feel of, like, two-thirds of that whole line. Yeah. Plus, it's, like, it's not even... I mean, it's a part that would have been silver anyway, but it's just the unfinished die cast. So it's not even like it's contributing anything else. They didn't put any paint on it. Nothing of that sort. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing that I would say is is likely a mold white issue not an individual issue is the way that his forearms come together so his forearms like it ha- there's a big piece that swings like you have to do a series of like flip and rotate 
one part flip and rotate another part because there's like three different pieces from it's like the part the driver side wind or the like the side window plus the front headlight of the car plus a couple other bits all come together to make the forearm and so there are there is a a tab on the windshield and a slot on the inside of the headlight that how everything comes together you kind of have to put a part in distress in order to make that tab connection happen and if you don't have it then the forearm doesn't hold together at all yeah that's um i, I who's it uh m cypher had poked me on twitter about that being a, a wider issue through a lot of modern transformers i don't think it's like I don't think it's franchise-wide, but I know the issue when he explained it, and I was like, this, it felt like a great way to put it. It's that feeling in some Transformers nowadays where it feels like all the parts are under severe pressure. Mm-hmm. Where it's, it's This is definitely, like, the one joint that's the issue. It's a joint that needs to move to be a 90-degree angle, and the heavy resistance came in at, like... 75 or 80 degrees yeah it's, it's where it's something that's just so close and i just want to be like just just you know cut it so that it can go past that cut it so it can do 95 degrees because there's nothing yeah. otherwise it's in the way it's just a thicker part of plastic that okay maybe if you were doing like a big structures analysis the way that i have to for aviation stuff you're saying oh it'd be nice to have another mill or two of plastic on there but yeah like it's something that it's as like otherwise it's perfectly fine don't you don't you don't need to be there yeah it, well it, it's it's like it feels like on some level the idea is well by adding all this extra tension that will hold things together more and it's like <sighs> that that works in a world where every copy of this figure will be produced perfectly yeah but demonstrably the- that's not the case with transformers almost ever so you got to not rely on these such specific micrometers of plastic, you know, and and that they'll also not ever yeah. be warped in shipping or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much something where I can see I bet the CAD model of this and the like individual production runs like those first couple of engineering masters, I bet those were just like nah, chef's kiss just fine, not a problem. And then, you know, once you're into main manufacture and okay, it's the US release, so it's the second time this has been shot through all the molds and just the alignment on something's a little bit off or this part's just a a tiny bit thicker or even down to like there's two pins that have to be fired for this you know that alignment tool is just a smidge off and it's gone yeah um so i mean i i eventually got both of them there but both of them was one of those things where it's like i'm he's come on just okay just go just go just go yeah oh okay it's there now uh I also find it okay. more annoying now because I feel like the first time that we really went through this on a high-end Transformer was the original masterpiece Rodimus Hot Rod. Mm-hmm. And I felt like in the years after that, that had been a huge learning experience that we'd moved on from. And Masterpiece Movie, very specifically, feels like a backslide into that territory again of of having designs that rely on machined precision that does not seem to be uh what's the word I'm looking for it's not happening every single time it's not happening yeah. on the regular uh, uh, word just flew out of my head 
Yeah. Where everything comes out roughly the same. Mm-hmm. And then it's What's like the for word? specific <laughs> consistency. Consistency. Thank you. That was gonna drive me insane. Anyway. Yeah. So then for like specific issues, he's got like a knee that is super loose, uh one of those elbows, the main portion of like the it's kind of like a double elbow, and one of them is very much tighter than the other. So it, like, he only wants to bend from the bottom part of that joint, and you kind of have to, like, you can't bend it. You have to, like, push move it in order to get that upper one to bend mm-hmm. for, for some poses. Uh, and the rough thing is, like, even if I wanted to, like, get crazy with it, the knee joint that's too loose is a blind fired rivet so there's no way to like if i was one of those people with a pin vice and and rivet pushers you're not getting that pin out yeah short of like doing significant surgery and disattached di- you know disassembling a lot of it in order to get to it i think that there's like four screws around his leg that i could potentially take apart to try and get that in hand to do something with yeah and I've I've shot a dab or two of pledge at it uh, in order to try and get it to to be stiffer, and it's no longer super ragdolly, which I'll take I guess as a win, because um, it was like didn't hold for anything, and now it it holds until you give it a shake, but it doesn't take much of a shake to get it to move. Yeah, so, there's only so much you can do are, with, with an assembly like yeah. that, and. Like it's not it's not like we are owed assemblies that are easy to disassemble, but it is sort of like on on something that requires that level of precision. It's like mm-hmm. please leave avenues to adjust what the factory might not be able to pull off. Yeah, that or just design it so that it doesn't want to fall apart in the first place. Yeah, you know. Also, yeah, don't rely on 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 tensions like that, yeah. and if possible, but you know. Uh, it's the whole theoretical precisions that you, you, you train young engineers on that like, yes, yes, the the design software says that you can build out to, you know, five decimal places of an inch. Sure, because uh, it's just a line in CAD. Uh, if you can have have a mold that makes something, you know, two decimal places of the inch out, you're doing good. Yeah. I, it's because it's i mean people working on these this toy line do know like you know because there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of people always say like don't they know it's like they do know the plastic flexes and they do know a lot of the stuff we're talking about but there is a chain of production and at times the chain just doesn't seem like it's up to uh to level of precision that some of the higher end transformers start asking of it and yeah that's why and, and that's that's the thing that like probably on a a normal transformer those tolerances would be just fine. Even then, like they'll still pop up. Like my Earthrise Optimus, you know, those, those little tabs that the front wheels use to lock into place. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them on the on the on one side, the tension simply doesn't exist. It almost exists, but it's eighty percent strength, so the wheel always pops out. You know, a, a millimeter, which I find kind of annoying still. Uh, but it is it is on a mainline toy. It's still an expensive mainline toy, but it's not not as prestige a piece as something that is labeled masterpiece. Uh, that's why when when one says you know 
I wish you guys would not design around these tensions. It's it's not saying I think that the design would be better. It's just like it just seems like y'all got to bite a bullet and account for uh, an imprecision in in manufacturing that it seems repeatable. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and and that's the thing that again, you know, it's there are so many layers that go into that sort of thing that. You know, they that could have been something that was built into the mold, and then the manufacturer was like, "Oh, we have this much range in there. Let's go right up to that other end because it makes it, you know, easier for us to do." And it just becomes a, a grab your face in your hand and cry a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, <laughs> as time goes on, the the conversation is always evolving around stuff like production quality on high end figures, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like deep diving it now and then just because I, I, I find that it's so easy for what we are saying to so quickly, without us even saying anything else, it metamorphs into, yeah, they just don't know how to make toys anymore. It's kind of like, all right, calm down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like, like aside from those those little niggling things, it seems like, you know, I said it before, 80% of the toy sounds like it's dead solid. Yeah. Yeah, it's it has some interesting steps. The a bunch of the I like all of the like how car parts collapse down on him that make him more compact or 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 hide a bunch of that without being. I mean, he's got a bit of a backpack to him, um, but it has multiple places where it actually engages and locks itself in place. Yeah, you know, there's there's plenty of that on there that make it quite acceptable yeah I mean, for, that, for what he's doing that's that's another one i'm gonna not tangent it but you know quickly that's that's backpacks is another buzzword that tends to happen if it locks together nicely backpacks are fine fine mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just when they don't lock together that nicely then it's real easy to go like okay well the whole purpose of a backpack is to squish a bunch of parts together and so if they don't squish and lock together the thesis of the backpack has been proven false on this mm-hmm. given example um I hope I someday can find that MPM Jazz on the right sale price. Just never, never synchronizes for me. Um, well, Aaron, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my bouncing thing. Um, that's that's fine. I'm I'm out of things to bounce. So all right, I'm, go to I'm gonna resist doing the bit where I go like, "Hey, Aaron, bouncing back to you." Uh, that's that's so 20, 2010. But then again, that's that's nostalgic. Uh, hey, TJ. Uh, yeah. Got some more on-topic stuff to talk about on your end. Uh, I do, I do. So, hmm, who from Earthrise do we discuss? Um, you know what? Let's talk RC. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, <laughs> boy, howdy. Talking about all these little these little segues and things, all these little themes. The word backpack jumps to mind. I still haven't seen that figure in person. Uh it's just I got Cyberverse RC in our last episode, and it's made me side-eye Earthrise RC even harder. Yeah, uh, yeah. How? I, how is the? How is? How is she? <laughs> she's a nice RC action figure. Good. <laughs> hey, hey. She, she's a tra- hmm? Is is it like the Quinnison, where the one mode seems like it's kind of that's what it's supposed to be? I mean, I, there's really no issue there, because, like, both modes look like exactly what they're supposed to be. 
It's yeah. G1 RC. She looks like she's going camping. Or she's hiking through the Andes, one or the other. And she turns into her actual car. She's not some, like, slinked down, like, here are my exposed thighs for no reason version that we've gotten in the past. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just... It's a thing about getting from one to the other. And, I mean, even the... I'll just quickly throw in, even the comparison to the to the Thrilling 30 version... I never see. I saw some side by sides for the first time on Twitter the other day, and I was like, a lot of the things I thought Earthrise was gonna be kind of like, well, at least this one's doing it better. It's like she's not even really doing it all that much better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those figures where if you're just looking for character representation, fine. She looks more like G1 RC than the last time we got her in Thrilling Thirty. Yeah, but if you're after a transformation experience, you know. Prepare to unfold a car from her back. And you know what? The Cyberverse one? That's a real good backpack transformation, in my opinion. Oh, it's it, fun. It is. It's so fun. Yeah. I, I do think that one gets off a little bit easier because that's part of her actual design in the show as well. <laughs> it, like, it they is, accounted for that. E- even then, like, her, her backpack, uh, it has kind of like, I would say, like, maybe three or four major motions and they're they're tactile satisfying to do and and it's mm-hmm. all still attached to her you know yeah like in the in the case of like earthrise rc i kind of acknowledge the design that she is trying to emulate is physically impossible yeah i've been getting yeah, more was... i've been getting more on the side of the folks who are going like and so maybe don't even bother and i'm kind of like yeah like <laughs> no like these days well, I'll say this like these days I'm a huge proponent of giving RC the same kind of makeover Bumblebee did yeah so she can be a little bit more than just the girl who carries a car on her back it's like it's like what does it say the Titans return RC the kind of gimmick retool of blur with headmaster Daniel is like the best RC toy in in, in any main line <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it's the most fun RC toy it's certainly the most solid RC toy yeah, and it's like the blueprints are there to just like, okay, now do that, but don't make her, you know, an iteration of blur. Just make yeah. make a toy that's RC that turns into a person. <laughs> <laughs> and it's no, like, yeah. Yeah. She's like the best I can say is she's accurate in both modes. The shell does not feel nearly as good. It's not a very solid shell. Oh man. It's just, yeah, it's it's not it's not a great tactile feel. Like and part of that and here's the thing, it's to her credit, they seem to acknowledge what they have done. Her shell, there's no part forming required. So, like the way they figured it out, they have a tab that's hidden on the side. Mm-hmm. Like there's just this little panel that you can see exposed on the side of her kibble. And you press that in, and it releases, like, the chunk that becomes her, quote, hoverboard. So, at the very least, it's not a cliff jumper situation where you take this part off, and that's your transformation. I find that very helpful to hear. It's kind of like this prosecutor thing. That very simple little thing makes it sound a lot less irritating to me. 
Because, yeah, like, it, man, if you had to pull a whole chunk off, do that dinky fold in the two little wheels thing and then slap it right onto her back again, like, I, to, to accomplish, like, nothing. Like, at least it's, if it stays attached, it's part of the transformation. That's how my brain works, at least. Yeah, yeah. Like, the shell never detaches for the transformation. No, her robot mode uses absolutely none of its parts to make the transformation. It's just, you know, you don't have to part form her in any way, shape, or form. And it's an actual, it's like an actual, like, lever and slide system if you actually want to get that hoverboard off. I feel like it, it, like, I will acknowledge it probably isn't, isn't their, their responsibility necessarily to sell the figure, but I feel like messaging that at any time clearly ever since that figure was announced would have really helped with the conversations about that figure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because every comparison was basically to Cliffjumper. Yeah. Everyone assumed that would be another part-forming situation. And like, no, 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 no. It's all it's all one piece. You can all you can transform it completely without dis- dismantling anything. Because mm-hmm. the, the, That would have saved so much of the drama. Especially because, as you were saying, like, if it's also not something that can just accident... Like, if it was just pegging on, my other worry would be, well, is it just going to fall off while I'm, you know, messing with the, the armature? But it sounds like it won't. Mm-hmm. So that also solves the other problem because there, you know, there could have been a, a way to do it where it's like, oh no, it can stay attached if you're really good at doing this. Yeah, like I remember there there are transformations like that where you should take this off to make your life easier, but you don't technically have to. Yeah, if you want to show off or if it makes your brain feel better, like you can learn a way to do this. But no, that's mm-hmm. that's actually the best thing I've heard about Earthrise RC at all like that that's actually really because i i want to own a copy of that figure but i i'd I'd much rather it be um lifeline and or elite one and if i don't have to worry about the you know the hoverboard nonsense falling off the whole time i feel way better about it now yeah yeah elite is probably going to be a little bit better just because she doesn't have that rc stigma of this is how she's supposed to look yeah uh, the color design on alita also just looks better it it hides some of the, you know, the visual jank. Um, yeah. But so, but as a figure, like you know, leaving out the, the nonsense of, of you know RC in, in G one, uh, physically aside from the hollow, I guess the hollow didn't, or the backpack chunk didn't feel great. <laughs> Does the rest of her feel all right? Do the joints feel <laughs> solid? Like. It's just... The joints feel fine. The joints actually do feel really good on her. She has feet large enough to hold that backpack if you leave it on. Yeah. Like she's a stable RC action figure. All right. It's the best credit I can give her. She's like as an RC action figure, she's stable. She's I think of her as like as Transformers Red, but with but you can tuck her into a car if you want to. And she's she's a little bit more expensive and a little bit less satisfyingly large. And yeah, <laughs> imagine. She, here's, you know what she you know what she is? She's a pretender that cleans up after herself. Like, yeah. takes herself out of the shell and just like folds it up. And is, is it literally? It with her. Is it literally the entire robot has nothing to do with the car mode? The robot has nothing to do with the car. Cyberverse RC's forearms are part of the car mode. I can't believe <laughs> she does more than... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I've said it many times, so I'll just quickly throw it, repeat it once. I sure hope that between this and the Masterpiece, we are frigging done with G1 RC. Forever. <laughs>
<laughs> like, I hope that we're also frigging done with female Transformers characters kind of resembling her forever. Yeah. Man, it's like it's like this is the second wisdom tooth we had to remove after it's like, hey, guess what? We're finally done with retooling and or repainting Moonracer <laughs> as everyone. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Just one more time, though. We're going to do RC with a backpack ass transfer. OK, cool. But then we're done right after that. It's like, yeah, we're all done after that. Uh, yeah. Alina one's going to be for- one of them, though. Stuff. Why? <laughs> yeah. 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 And. Yeah, and the Paradron medic. And the Paradron medic's gonna be one of them. So you're gonna need three copies, and you're not getting a good Alita. You're getting you're getting this Alita, but other than that. <laughs> God, remember Strong Arm? Yeah, like Did you know it's been really? five years since Strong Arm? <laughs> you mean since we got an original female Autobot who doesn't have to look like some scrawny nothing of a female? That it's impossible to work into a toy. <laughs> it's been five years. I didn't realize it till like a little while ago when I was like, because you know what my brain has had now for five years as like a sticky note. It's like, nah, it's all right. Strong arm. They're getting better at it. <laughs> I forgot. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Once they got better at it. <laughs> and it's not even hurting for designs like new IDW. Even not even old IDW, new IDW. It's rife with with some cool designs for female characters. Oh yeah, Friggin- I want Anode and Lug so bad. Yeah, Anode and Lug from old IDW, new IDW. Uh, was it Titanica? Uh, oh yeah. The the mysterious the mysterious but awesome punchline who was hidden in a chasm because she's like my personal beliefs. I don't want to be a robot. <laughs> Such a cool character idea of uh, like, for people who haven't read the comic. It's not really a big spoiler. It's just at one point, there's a transformer in a ditch, is off screen, and her personal beliefs are that she prefers to be uh, in one mode, and that she wants her mode to be her vehicle mode. But she fell in a ditch because of like <laughs> seismic activity, and she needs search and rescue. And they're like, "Can you just transform?" And she's like, "I don't want." Don't watch if I do. Can't you can't you change modes? This is my mode. Go get help. Yeah, I love that idea. It's like it's like it's like an another iteration of stuff like the functionists. Like just cool ideas of transformers like and what their their personalities and beliefs could be based on, you know, the weird notion of being a shape-shifting race. And also her robot mode is just looks cool. And her Duralt mode, I believe we saw it. I remember a shape for it. It was just a big cool. Oh yeah, space they, show, thing. they showed her early on. It's like a big world sweeper. Yeah, freaking cool character. Anyway, that's a whole discussion one can have. But you know what? Earthrise RC came up, so here we are. <laughs> it sounds like okay. It sounds like she's a lot less disappointing than I thought, but with a very low ceiling. Yeah, she's existence. not as disappointing as you might have feared. She's not terribly far off from it. Yeah, she she's pleasantly disappointing. As <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you see in Australia that Masterpiece RC was is like out? By the way, really? Someone in Australia was like, "Yeah, found her and uh, and Red Sunstreaker." And I was like, "What? Hmm. That's cool. I haven't seen any coverage yet." 
But I'm, I'm, that's another kind of a, I hate to put it this way, it's a band-aid I really want to rip off. Is like, okay, how did the Masterpiece one go? Is it at least a nice tactile, you know? Yeah. Does it work? Does anything break? Uh, I want to close the book on that, just so I know. Um, Well, um, all right. I have a Wave 2 Deluxe that I picked up. So, TJ, I'm guessing that you may or may not have picked this up. Uh, Well, you'll have to tell me, and then I can... I can remove the mystery for you. Have you heard of our new Lord and Savior, Airwave? You know, I just heard of him today. Yo, I found Airwave the other day uh, after my order for Hot House got canceled uh, due to stock reasons, apparently. Um, which I was kind of fine with because I was like, I think Airwave looks better, and I don't, I don't have. Uh, Autobot, whatever his name is, I have Grease Pit, so I like Airwave to go with Grease Pit. Yo, Airwave is better than than the other. Mo- the, the I hate to, to do it this way. The second modulator is better than the first modulator. I think. Uh, I really, really dig Airwave. Also, because Airwave's multiple non-robot modes are a lot more um, deducible via the clues on the the toys pieces. I find. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot less of like okay where do I stack all these parts under something because uh, parts do go under things in some modes but they have sculpting to give clues like when is when you do the uh, the, the base mode where the airstrip is going um, sideways as opposed to two that are pointing forward uh, for the sideways airstrip you stick his arms underneath the ramps but the tops of his bot mode shoulders have this kind of crisscross girder sculpts that's there to give you the clue that that's what faces forward when they're in that base mode. And I I really like that. Also, the shapes on him are just so much more fun. Uh, the, The three other alt modes all come together so much nicer than the three on Grease Pit, because some of Grease Pit, one of Grease Pit's base modes is complete nonsense. It's just like, it's ramps! And it's like, all right. That feels like a fan mode. The the three modes on Airwave don't feel like fan modes. Uh, the head sculpt is just a stumpy little nonsense monster. This little gremlin of a, of a, of a whoever. The the gun hand is, is. I love that it's multiple pieces. Uh, I like that one of the when the base mode has the two ramps pointing forward. There's w- working wheeled tank treads underneath because it's like also quietly it's Generations Metroplex's alt mode. He can drive forward in this mode if he really wants to. I, I just really like Airwave. Uh, I, I feel really good about him. TJ, do you feel all right about him, or am I the one who's who's part of the church here? I mean, I can hear the choir preaching, but I'm not ready to come inside just yet. Hmm. I'm not as I'm not as big on him. Like I kind of liked Ironworks more, just because Ironworks gave me things like that big shovel to just like this isn't part of any official mode. Just have fun with it, you know. And I kind of had fun with things like that. And then we get to we get to Airwave, and yeah, I feel like if I was more into the airlocks thing, just like throwing all these different ramp connectors together and seeing how big of a like MicroMaster monstrosity I could come up with. I'd be much bigger on him. As it is, he feels like I don't know, like like an almost aircraft carrier, but not because he's on treads. Yeah, he's and a then, landcraft um, carrier. 
a, a longer version. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like, the long version. It's something about the the it's the the wheels on the treads telling me this is a real vehicle sort of thing, uh, and the part where his one arm airlocks onto the two ramps built out of built out of his legs, um, like using the airlocks for that piece of transformation very specifically. Something about it really worked for me. Uh. I don't know why. It's, so like, I've been messing with the two of them all all morning, and I was just like, I'm, I'm, I don't mind Grease Pit, but I was like, Airwave is somehow, somehow is making the modulator thing work better for me overall. <laughs> he's like, he's like, for me, he was like Brunt for me, where it's like Brunt was what made me kind of dig the weaponizer thing. Maybe it's because I just like stumpy robots too. I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, I like I like the like the stumpy like buffed out robot look too. Like in the robot mode, like he looks like a fun little figure. Like mm. I I I dig how he looks. I'm just not terribly in, like the alt modes for me. Just don't they don't have the same level of imagination that I was hoping for. You know, because it's, it's it's like I you know for your airlock cities, I turn into a driveway. Or a longer driveway. I, yeah, just the long one. I don't, it's just imagining him like saying that that's specifically his vehicle mode, and everyone else in the team just looking at him like, "You what?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "No, I got treads." Like I don't know, just, uh, the idea of him getting getting like super defensive. <laughs> I, I also found I because they they've been on my desk lately uh, as well. Like I really like Ape Face and Snapdragon as a duo, and I really like Airwave and Grease Pit as a duo. And then I put the four of them together, and I was like, "Y'all, like this is the Goon Squad. Like these <laughs> these four nonsense makers, they just feel it." And then and then because of that, I finally tried coming up with a modulator armor system getup for like between the four of them. And like I was, I was actually having a pretty good time with it. And I was like, I'm finally starting to to enjoy this this part of the play pattern because it's something about this, the colors, the shapes, the personalities I'm getting off these four figures. Like it it, it was coming together for me. Um, I want to find that. I, I think I I posted it on Twitter somewhere. I'll find a photo. But uh, yeah, TJ, I, I'm I, I feel like Airwave is the the wave to stand out for me right now. Uh. And I never really thought I would I, like. It's the robot mode too. It's completely the robot mode as well. Like that, it's it's got so much so much stump and umph. See, when you call him the standout of Wave Two, because the only other Wave Two I have is RC, I have to agree. <laughs> there we go. I gamed the system, <laughs> filibustered. Now to be fair. Now to be fair, I got Blue Streak as well. So when Smokescreen comes in, Airwaves out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've heard that 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 Earthrise Datsun is just incredible. Um, I I, I would like to find because I, I like the Siege Datsun a lot. And if the Earthrise one, it sounds like the Earthrise one is just is just a little bit nicer. And I I am I mean I like Datsuns in uh, Transformers overall. I'm okay owning lots of them. Um, there I, I shared in our our podcast thread my. My modulations on them horror cons. It's actually kind of fun uh, trying to get like like I was trying to get brave style shoes on both of them, but then I was like, what if, what if I just put uh, grease pit all over just the upper body of the other one? 
Okay, uh, I'm going to link you something that I just got sent. Is this the is this the six modulator man? Um, it's not six modulator. Okay, hang on. I've been seeing someone. I've, I got linked big modulator, which is all six modulators put together. I've been. I've also been seeing the the four copies of airwave. Oh yeah, I just saw this one too. Yeah, this is the. Uh, I think that's four airwaves, or is it two airwaves? It's. I don't know. The, I. See the one who like Griff linked it to me, and he said three. Oh, I could see three. I could see that being three. Yeah, on he's the not even so much like. Yeah, it's not even mm-hmm. like the super robot of it. It's like if you go into there and actually see like the base mode, which is just absurd. Yeah, I, I, I when I was trying to find instructions for grease pit, I also saw like people who bought four grease pits and went like, "I made an actual gas station," uh, and that was also kind of cool. And I have to drag links out of Discord. Um, oh, that base mode is sick. Yeah, it's got some like that's that's got like zone base look. That's got Sentai base yeah. look. That's really cool. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I can totally. I I mean, I absolutely see the draw of, of buying multiple copies of the modulators. Uh, the two molds, I think, self stack way more smoothly than the weaponizers did. Mm-hmm. Um, the weaponizers self stacked in cool ways, but they always looked mocked like, me for eighteen gun <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> But the the, the modulators, because they're so bricky, I don't know, they, they smooth it out a bit more. 18 yeah, Gun's still like, pretty cool. 18 Gun's pretty cool for 2019. 18 Gun's alright. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel, I said this before, like, I think if, I think if the airlock kind of toys were like an entire toy line, I wouldn't stop buying it. Yeah, I... But I, it's, it's... Like, it's the fact that it's it's the fact that it's just a few battle masters here for connection pieces, a few deluxes, you know, like one per wave maybe, because it looks like we're only getting two this time. Yeah. Like, it, like if if it was if I didn't have to buy multiple copies of these things just to build up big nice bases and cities, I feel yeah. like I'd be so much more down for this. I I did have my mo- airwave is because airwave just also has so much ramp potential that you can split off from him which was a bit of a pleasant surprise uh i tried like you know just slapping the two base modes together of these two guys and i was like start i saw it and i was like i think i kind of get it like this this is kind of cool and it is a shame that it is just these two molds for the most part uh, outside of like dipping into titans um this reminded me another thing i liked about airwave was just how like everything for the most part has a, a defined locking space in all of the the prescribed modes it just felt so complete it's another thing I, I liked about him more um the way that the the arm you hide under the double ramp in the what i call vehicle mode where you like fold up on the airlock hinge and then fold back down to tab the treaded parts in um mm-hmm. that little touch like made that was a happy place for me um but yeah, I think I think that that, that hits the airwave uh, waves uh, pretty well. Uh, TJ, anything else on topic on your end? I mean, I mentioned it. I could just go straight to Blue Streak. Let's just go straight to Blue Streak. Is he as good as I've been hearing? And I thoroughly enjoy him. Because I really want one too, just mm-hmm. on a selfish level. Yeah. So it's this. It's. No real shock. It's the same engineering and transformation that you had going on with uh, the Siege Datsuns. 
And it's just, they did a few things that are a little bit smoother. Like, I still have to, I still have to goof with mine a little bit more, because I am getting a little bit of, like, a weird tolerance thing, where, like, the, the top of the car isn't quite going flush. But that's just me, like, trying to figure out, like, the smoothest way I could get everything to go together. Mm-hmm. That'll come. That'll come in time. Uh, but, like, yeah, the transformation, same one. It's just nice, smooth, everything about it. It's just, like, really satisfying. What I liked is, like, they added little bits that they didn't have to that I really enjoyed. Like, like uh, heel spurs that fold down so his feet can sit at the right angle. Oh, nice. So he, he's basically, yeah, like, if you liked that prowl that they did in Siege... It's, you know, it's more of the same, but they cleaned him up quite a bit. Yeah. So now, now he just feels a lot. He just feels like he's doing everything a little bit better. I like I like that prowl a lot. So I'm I'm excited to like I I'm okay double buying the Cybertronian and Earth Mode uh, deluxes when they're like good toys, and I, I like a lot of the Siege deluxes, and so especially with the Datsuns, I'm like, no, I'm down to to have like the the pod car into the Earth car setup. Hmm. I'm just happy that it is like that much different because um, it, it's been weird. It, you know, there's weird, there's weird paths to follow in like with, between Earthrise and Siege. Like, okay, what was actually designed first, for instance? Uh, right, right. Like, what what is iterative of the other thing? And there's like, you know, on from the ins, there's, there's like insider track stuff about like the the orientation of what came first and whatever. And uh, but I, I'm just glad that it, the 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 Datsuns just seem like they survived that really well in either direction. I just gotta find out who in Canada is doing Blue Streak. Like, I just assume it's EB Games. <laughs> uh, it sounds like they get just about all of it. Yeah. And who is it? So, Blue Streak is the exclusive. Smokescreen yeah. is in Wave 3? Wave 2. Wave 2. Oh, he's Wave 2. Right, right. Where's Prowl? He's the Amazon pack with Ironhide. Right, I forgot that existed because oh, yeah. that thing has like gone in and out of existing on Amazon's side multiple times. Right, okay, I got my head around that. Collecting Transformers is confusing. Uh, <laughs> in case anyone's feeling like they're they're not able to keep up, no, it's just confusing. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. a billion avenues for it. Uh, more yeah. so in the states. Well, especially this year because you know, twenty twenty happened, and also. They're still. I think they're still trying to figure out where everything goes now that Toys R Us isn't a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Between that and like Walmart both stepping in and being bad at it, uh, mm-hmm. like you know, all my complaints aside, like in America, it's 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 also like okay, whose site am I hoping doesn't crash or <laughs> or get bogged down today? Um, Oh, I have to log on to four different sites all at the same time to hopefully get everything that was just announced. Yeah. Oh, I had a fun experience where I got an email from Walmart today saying Yolita 1 was canceled. I've seen a lot of that going around. The the better ones were but, people who got an email saying Action Figure was canceled. <laughs> well, here's the thing. No, I got an email that said Yolita 1's canceled. I go to Walmart's website. Yolita 1's still available for pre-order. Did you just pre-order her again? Yes, I did. <laughs> It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's like, yes, we're still getting more, but we're canceling the one you wanted. Like this is this is this can't be it because this is too complicated. My first thought was like, are they just like canceling and just seeing who picks it up again because <laughs> they're worried they don't have enough? 
And they're like, all right, if we cancel everyone's, <laughs> then the people who really want it will pre-order again. Yeah. That's probably that is absolutely it's not like the case. Someone, someone at Walmart.com's gatekeeping for real fans. That's like that's mm. way too galaxy brain to be real, but it'd be funny if it was. <laughs> uh, all right, well, it sounds like Blue Streak turned out solid. Oh yeah. Uh, anything else on topic on your end? Because I think I'm tapped out. Uh, you know, I'll save a little bit for next time because I have no idea what I'm going to be getting here before our next recording. It has been kind of. This is weird to put it. It's been kind of refreshing how it's like Earthrise d- has turned out to be this nebulous line where we're like, I think there's three waves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wave three is wave three got sighted in the US and I still haven't seen wave two anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think I mean, to me, it's kind of fun and, 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 and a nice change of pace because I find it more relaxing. And I also genuinely believe it will all come out. If you don't share my optimism, I completely see how this can be quite stressful. <laughs> of like, I just want to order the toys I'm collecting. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, then let's bop into a quick little off-topic spiel. I got uh, a surprise off-topic thing I didn't think I'd have, uh, but I, I came across them when I came across Airwave. Uh, before I hit that, though, Aaron, uh, gonna gonna just one more time shunt you out in front for the off-topic. Uh, it won't have its own topic list slot this time, but. Okay. Any uh, any off-topic stuff you want to hit up that you've picked up in the last few days? No, not really. All right, I got you a spotlight and everything. I I, I, I had my whole vomitus uh, <laughs> last time, and no, I'm no computer upgrades. I no, I've I've had fun with Alfie. Just switched over to contact lenses, so we had to go out and get her sunglasses because she's always had always had transition lenses before. Mm-hmm. And it was as we were going out to do something else, she like turned and faced towards the sun and was just like, ah, God, what? Oh, why did it? Oh, no glasses. Oh, uh, we need to, we need to go get sunglasses for me. It's like, okay. Can you imagine how bad an idea it would be if someone tried to make transition contact lenses? Because, like, the moment anything just goes wrong, your eyeballs turn pitch black. Um, <laughs> you're like, no! <"Nah!" laughs> well, if you're going out in the sun for the day, they're in that permanent mode. They they actually do have them. I'm thinking more along the lines of how I find transition lenses t- do not work with a lot of precision a lot of the time, and I wouldn't want to have that bolted onto literally my eyeballs. The, it actually... It AccuView Oasis with transitions... I would be highly skeptical yeah. of that working with precision until I read hell of a lot of good feedback. Yeah. Because if that doesn't work remotely, you can't pull them off. <laughs> it seems like yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> uh, uh, here's... Uh, see if it'll let me just... Um, I will defer if any listeners out there have had good experiences see. with them and can uh, assuage... My concerns, absolutely. It's just I, I used I've used transition lenses for a long time, and if there's one thing they're good at, especially in the winter, it's staying dark when they should probably not be dark anymore. Here you go, copy. Found one I could copy and paste. And then fumbling around in my apartment with my eyeballs completely covered. I just really, I really worry that, like, what happens if they just decide to stay dark? <laughs> like, you can't yank them off like you can. Like, my if my glasses just stay dark and I can't see anything inside, I can just pull them off for a little while. Yeah. 
Um, so it's it's been some fun adventures with that. She's she's gone to take some photographs and realized that she can get her her eye like all the way up to the the viewfinder on a camera. And oh, no, it doesn't bump. And it doesn't bump. <laughs> yeah, it's like I could put on a shirt without having to take my glasses off. Okay, cool. Like, no, this is cool. I'm like, I sure. Yes, it is, dear. I just got high skills. I can take shirts on and off with my glasses on. It took me a while. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it still goes badly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, boy, when it goes badly, it goes badly. But um, I want to talk about my off-topic thing because I'm really, really hyped that I found these. Uh, I found the McFarlane Toys Warhammer 40,000 figures, the Space Marine and the Necron. And I was worried because McFarlane toys, ever since Fortnite, have the potential to make excellent action figures. But from what I've read and from what I've been told, that doesn't always happen. And when it when their figures don't work, it really sucks. So I'm glad to report the Warhammer 40,000 figures work. The Necron is awesome. Uh, the Space Marine less so. But Space Marine's problems are very similar to the problems on the Bandai Space Marine, and this costs like a quarter of what the Bandai Space Marine costs. Uh, The bang for your buck on these is infinitely better, in my opinion, than the Bandai Space Marine. Because that one is more posable, and you can do a lot more with it, but I found the Ultramarine's release was also pretty darn... like It was like a C-tier SH Fig Arts level of jank. And I did not care for that on something that was hyped as such a limited, you know, made-to-order limited release. Uh, mm-hmm. I found that very frustrating. Um, hopefully, it, you know, they're doing two more colorways, and it, I, I would love it if my problems don't exist on those subsequent releases. But the McFarlane Toys one is absolutely a worthy substitute. The Space Marine is so physically heavy a toy that, like... It took me aback when I lifted the package. Uh, I think that it just doesn't have any hollow stuff on it. So the the legs, for instance, are just these giant hunks of solid McFarlane plastic. Uh, the the Necron is a lot is a lot more um, playable from the waist down because you know it's a robot skeleton. But like the joints, for the most part, are excellent. There's a lot of I mean we'll see over time, but there's a lot of detents uh, in the hinges that feel really nice. Um, the only joints that don't, don't feel nice on these is that there are, the shoulders are detented, um, hinges and etc. but then they attach inside the torso with ball sockets to allow some lateral shoulder movement on both of them. I found those ball joints were kind of loose, uh, but they're also very accessible ball socket joints. So it is easy to tweak them. Um, and uh, I guess the only other thing is like the accessories on them. You have to really like physically pry the fingers open to get them to hold their weapons or to get the handles in to their hands, which never feels great. And it always makes me worry about how that will go, say, like a year from now. Um, the only real other thing that I think I should mention is they're doing artist proof versions of these as chase variants where it's just like solid gray plastic and it's games workshop. So the idea is, Oh, pick up the artist proof and then paint it your own colors. Uh, the, the, the joints on these, the hinges, I, I don't see any way that you could ever paint, for instance, on the space Marine, the there's the elbows and knees have that black undersuit sculpt on them. I don't see how you could ever paint that on the gray one and not have all the paint flake off when you work the joints. The artist proof figure should have been done in black plastic and not gray. Uh, in my opinion, uh, because anyone who's going to paint them, who's like a, you know, a games workshop collector, who's going to paint them like their models, the black plastic would have kept the joints more, um, 
I was going to say more nice looking, basically. Um, and if and someone who's going to paint them will know how to prime figures. They just do like a prime job uh, on all the larger surfaces. You're going to have to do it anyway. Uh, and then whatever you paint the figure as, if if you just you know remove the paint on the elbows and knees, you get the black undersuit look. That's kind of universal on all Space Marines. And I don't know. Uh, that's a real petty thing to be complaining about. But also, it's it's very tightly woven with the theme of these figures all that aside if you think these look cool or if you've wanted like you know warhammer toys like these mcfarland ones at least these two super solid and i'm really pleased with them uh i'm and i'm also glad that i've got this mcfarland line that i'm kind of into a lot uh because i've had to ditch the Fortnite one because there's too much coming out and i don't i I like how they look but i don't i don't want to keep owning them because there's too many of them uh and the, the DC stuff they're doing, like, I got my, my stupid Batman and my, my robot Superman and Batman, and the rest of it just looks like DC toys, which doesn't connect with me at all. Uh, it's kind of nice having this McFarlane line I can look forward to for a bit. They've got at least one more wave coming with a Sister of Battle, and uh, I want to pick that up. So that's my off-topic. I was I was very happy with these. Um, I've been taking lots of sultry Necron pictures, because uh, there's one thing Warhammer 40,000 needs more of in general... It is sultry photos of Space Marines and Necrons. There's a lot of folks who get persnickety about that stuff in that fandom. Uh, also, canonically, all of my Space Marine action figures are female. Um, I, I know the lore. Uh, I know some of you guys might might not know that's a big deal, but there's a lot of people who don't know the lore who are, you know, grinding gears about that stuff. I know the lore. Um, when, when, when it's an action figure. Uh, Space Marines can be anybody. TJ. Hmm. Off topic. Y'all got anything? So I picked up the Hasbro attempt at the original Mighty Morphin Megazord. I keep forgetting that that thing, like, because I've seen so much of it, but it seems like it is more recently actually out-out. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like it was out a while ago, but just like everything else, it's taken so long to actually trickle into real stores. Yeah. Mm. So, it's... It is excuse is what you would expect. It's it is the original five Zords. They do as much as they need to do. Like there's a weird balance here because for in U.S. dollars it's forty five bucks to get all three packs. Mm-hmm. So you have all the parts and all the Zords. Uh, for comparison, back in what nineteen ninety three for the original Power Rangers, uh, that's what you pay for the original de- uh, deluxe Megazord. Mm-hmm. So. Don't expect the exact same quality. Like, there's a weird balance it strikes between build quality, uh, added engineering, paint apps, which take a hit here and there, and the overall proportions. Because there's a few shortcuts it takes. There's there's some details missing that I'm sure so, that I'm sure uh, Toy Hacks is going to take care of at some point. Uh, you got things. You got things like. Uh, what they do a lot of times on the cheaper Megazords, which is, like, the T-Rex tail doesn't fold down in the Megazord mode, so it's just, like, a weird red spike behind his head. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, things like that. That said, uh, the T-Rex actually has some, like, a strange level of articulation. He has a waist joint. Does which that- I wish... Oh, I know what you're about to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew... I, yeah, I know. That's the first thing you ask. Um... It doesn't translate to the Megazord mode very much. You can get a little bit of motion, but not a practical amount. Yeah. Uh, 
it's 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 because a uh the pterodactyls like the lower part of the chest piece is in the way and also you have like the the part that's difficult to deal with in general with that is the t-rex tail yeah it, it would need to physically disconnect if you're ever going to have that be functional i think yeah it needs to disconnect or it needs to hinge above the waist point yeah well, the, but yeah, it's. It, my my main question it, is like, does it does because I th- I think that the big the big thing for a Hasbro Megazord to do is like just feel good going together. Mm-hmm. Like, does it feel good going together? That's that's my my been my big question about it because it it could be it could be easy enough for it to be. Uh, I hate to say phoned in because I hate that phrase, but like sometimes on on the latter end, like the latter era of the Bandai stuff. You can kind of have like, yeah, we release this Megazord. It kind of goes together. And you can, <laughs> it, friction holds everything together. Like I, the thing I wanted out of a Hasbro uh, non-collector Megazord uh, is just like for all the connection points to be like chunk, and it works. That's, I mean, that's my question. I would say it work. I'd say it works well enough. Okay. There's actually there's actually some points on him where things are too tight like getting the mastodon opened up to form the arms was like a little bit scary tight <laughs> okay so i don't know maybe the wrong points connect as firmly as you're hoping they all connect but, yeah like he he holds together fine like it's perfectly stable like there's nothing weird about that my my other question about that thing and i don't really know what the question kind of i guess i don't really know what the question is but i'm like I'm still kind of confused about the whole, like, splitting it into three carded figures, mm. as opposed to just having a Megazord in a box. I don't understand why... It- because, it's, because it's harder to get a retailer to take a whole box of $45 figures, and not just, like, here's a basic action figure pack, 15 bucks a pop. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I don't, mm-hmm. That's not a bit. It's like, that. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um what I what I really do like about it. Um the proportions are actually really nice f- considering what it is. Mm-hmm. Like I actually just like really like how he looks overall. Um and I was surprised he has universal shoulders. He has bicep swivel and elbows. He has thigh swivels. Damn. This this is a hmm. yeah, this is like astonishing considering this is still like the original Megazord and even like the legacy stuff completely like ignored articulation I mean, or any kind of improvements in that. That was another one of my little hopes with the Hasbro era is not like we're gonna you're gonna be Transformers, but it's like where there is an obvious space for articulation to exist just within the construction of the toy, it can exist. Yeah. Um, it does not have knees, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think that's a that's a that would take a little bit more advanced engineering in order to work knees into all of that. But it just yeah. means that they used they used connectors that allow for rotation without it being like completely jank. It sounds like it's not even rotation. You can rotate at the knee, but it is an actual thigh swivel. Oh, darn! Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's even better. The one, the one, yeah, the one point I'm missing. Here's the thing: it's the original Megazord. I'm not doing high kicks with it, right? <laughs> I can, you know, I can deal with just his hips can splay out and go forward if I need them, and that's about all. The one point of articulation I really wish he had, which would clean the whole thing up for me, is a neck. Mm. He does not have a neck joint in 
looking at him, I don't see why he couldn't have. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, I mean, just talking about what I said about the, the Quintesson prosecutor, like the moment a toy can look left and right, there's, there's a whole lot you can do just as far as getting emotion across in, in the pose in the scene you're, you know, you're photographing or whatever. Yeah, that's a bummer. That's I would agree. Like, I mean, I haven't seen it in person, but like my I feel my reaction would be the same. Yeah. Uh, Like the last thing I would say about him is uh, he is still capable of the tank mode. It looks doofy as hell. Mm -hmm. Because if if it does feel like a little bit of a well, I guess he can form this, too. I would say I'd say that's what it felt like when it was invented. (laughs) I mean, when it was invented, yes, but like it's like more so now a lot of it just has to do with like. The arms are a little bit beefier compared to the chest, so like the arms look a little bit heavier on it. Uh, the mastodon head sticks out way farther because it needed a longer handle. Mm. It it it's it's there, but maybe maybe we shouldn't have uh, maybe we shouldn't have tried working this in. I feel I feel like that's a mode where it's like. It's it's less about working it in and more that like it will be there by virtue of the toys combining, or at least like seventy mm-hmm. percent of it will be there by virtue of the toys combining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like that's like the base mode on like Cybertron Primus is like well if we stop the transformation there it looks like something so let's say it's a mode. Yeah, like the the original Megazord tank mode is like. It's already mostly there, so it's just put a hole for the the mammoth head to peg on, and figure out how to get the uh, the pterodactyl to attach, you know, up and back. Mm-hmm. Now, if those if those two things cause compromise to the actual other modes, then I would be like, oh, y'all, <laughs> no one cares about the tank mode. I would make that blanket statement, and then you know, like apologize to lots of people afterwards. But yeah. Cool. I'm glad. You know what? It's it's uh, between that and that kind of like odd sort of one-off Zeo Megazord action figure ish thing they put out. Like I, I'm digging like the Hasbro Power Rangers stuff. It's it's got its its uh, ups and downs, but like it still is f- fresh and exciting to me. Like whenever I see like something outside a Lightning Collection coming out, because it's like mm-hmm. it, it feels very much like just playing with a space. Uh, but I'm also I'm also like not a the super deep Power Rangers fan, so I'm, I I have the advantage of uh, of some distance. Um, anything else off topic you want to bring up? Uh, do I have anything else worth bringing up? Um, I got a DX Slash Riser I could talk about a bit. Okay, I had to take. There were so many. So many roleplay toys from Zero One. There's so ma- so many belts for Zero One. <laughs> I, to, I was sitting there. It, is is each one getting its own belt? I've not paid attention to any of. Uh, well, the the show's over. The saber. Well, the sh- no, Zero well, One. Yeah, yeah. They, I was thinking all the saber. getting like a, a whole ton of them are premium Bandai, but l- as far as I know, literally everything that someone used to transform is getting a DX of some kind. It's just a bunch of them are, are web exclusives. <sighs> Yeah, Fun. a lot of them are... That's gotta them be are, great. Uh, yeah, like, there's a part of me is like, you know, like if, I, like, if I ever wanted to, I could probably just make an entire, like, zero one belt review week. Like, I could have a... <laughs> d- every day, like, here's a new video, another belt. It's another belt. It's another belt. 
There's so many belts. You could you could also then make a separate video on top of each one of those that is literally, and now I will put every progress key into this one. <laughs> oh god, I hate those. <laughs> it takes uh. so long. Uh, but yeah, Slash Riser, that is j- Final Jin's device, right? Or is that, yes, okay. yes it is. Yes. Because also a lot it's, of them yeah, are called risers, and I, I I started to mix them up <laughs> over time. It's it, it's the sharp pointy one. Yeah. Is it I mean I, I think I, I think I watched a video about it, but I can't remember anymore. Is it is it a pretty dinky roleplay sword? I mean, it helps that it's not supposed to be a sword. Oh like it's a right. it's a dagger. Yeah, like, yeah. So yes, the scale is absolutely perfect. All right. Also, if that was a sword, that'd be super awkward to hang on a belt. I was about to say, well, we got the series going on right now. <laughs> they do. Well, yeah. I've only watched one episode, and it's not because I don't like it. It's just I'm I'm giving it some time to breathe, which we've actually hit now. Like I'm getting ready to download everything that's out there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pr- I might marathon it this weekend if I'm if the mood hits me. Yeah, just to give it an honest shot. I, I I only watched episode one once in raw, but I remember that they they did some pretty fun cheats to make an entire sword come out of that thing. <laughs> you mean the camera cuts where it grows three times as big? Yeah, it's just like it it, it feels, but it feels very much like they're not even like trying to pretend like that was all in there. Like you know, it's got some some magical stuff around it. Uh, yeah, but I I still dig that though because it's like we had especially coming off the slash riser where it's like all right next next uh, show everyone's got a sword in their belt but it's it's mostly just a handle except the roleplay toy has to have a sword in there because we can't magic the blade on that so there's gonna be stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. the, but yeah, how are how are the sounds on it? Like that one that one was a, a, a premium Bandai, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing it's got voice lines buried in there. Uh well no like that's they they hold off all that stuff for like the memorial releases like oh, like there's right. a pack like there's a uh there's a pack of like there's two separate packs actually of uh, yeah progress keys that are identified to the main characters and those have all the voice clips oh no there's there's three I remember because I, I was keeping up with this briefly because there's there's Ames there's Metsubo Jinrai and then there's zero one uh Izu and uh and I think. Ark is, an, that, is the third one. It might be separate. I only saw the two. Or it might just be Arto and, and Izu. But cause I, I, the other reason I got confused is some of the premium Bandai ones, like the uh, the Raid Riser with Fighting Jackal and the Ark Driver, did I think put voice lines in on those ones? Well, uh, the the Ark Driver's not out yet. I mean, just off the off the ad copy. Um, because I, I, I mean, I might have misunderstood it, but I, I could have sworn when they revealed it, like it was timed. They had to wait. It was timed because of spoilers, because some of the ad copy also implied that there's like voice lines in it. But I'm well, well, they held they held off because they had to reveal arc one. Yeah, because that was the whole <laughs> thing of the belt is it flips between the two. Yeah, which was also weird because they had the RKF figure that had come out that had the form change but with no explanation. That was such a weird. I mean, they they did the best they could with circumstances, yeah. but that was a very odd uh, toy cycle for that show. Uh, okay, well, what? So, is it just like a basic role play toy sound cycles? I mean, yeah, it's a ba- yeah, it's pretty much the normal sound cycle. It just it does have a unique noise to it, just because the voices work a little bit differently. Uh, the the sound effects are a lot more intense because that was the whole thing with that form. Yeah. Uh, 
just in general, I really like a toy that talks about the fires of hell. Yeah, it's good times. It's good times. <laughs> they sold this to kids. <laughs> I mean, I mean, eventually, eventually they will have uh, some of those arc drivers out there just like yelling real good words. Oh yeah, <laughs> hate, despair, destruction. It's like there's a kid in the playground play with that. <laughs> I if if they do one for for uh, arc spoiler and like like if they do the other arc thing that they could do those are the kind of things that tempt me because i'm like boy like that's just a sexy voice yelling some real good death words (laughs) (laughs) there's a way to look at it that's why that's why there was a brief period where i was like all right all right evil driver maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Oh, and just as a fun little aside, since this was a Mandarake purchase and I was looking just to throw something else in there so it wasn't shipping by itself, mm-hmm. uh, I finally own a Proto Mighty Action X. The Fig Arts? No, 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 no. The Gashat. Oh, right! Oh, wow, yeah. The That's... one that was impossible to get. This is the purple one? It's Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it's Genmu's. Yeah, all right, cool. I think I, I, boy, that that was from when I I had this two month fling where I spent far too much money on a middleman service on Exade roleplay toys. <laughs> so I actually I actually have two copies of all that Genmu stuff. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> by accident because there was a lot <laughs> that was a really well priced lot that had other stuff I'd been looking for and it happened to have Genmu stuff in it and it, I think it just didn't get seen because that's that's when everyone was was trying to buy up the Buggle Driver. I think I I don't know that all got confusing. That's the last few years have been uh, a thing for me on a personal level, and one of one of the one of these the collateral damages of that is that I have a lot of stuff that I'm pretty sure I have that is kind of in towers <laughs> scattered around <laughs> my living space. It's a it's a mess. Um, well, congratulations. Are, do you feel the thing I never did? I wonder. Do you feel like you might ever go chasing all of the proto gashats? No, because that's uh, a nightmare. Not that's a nightmare of buying lots of very specific things. Yeah, that ain't happening. All right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, 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 there was a moment where that crossed my mind. Uh, but that involves getting the briefcase for proto robots. And then, like, shipping mm-hmm. a roleplay briefcase, and I'm like, I, this is too much. I can't deal with this. Yeah, it's like, can, can, like, so it's like, get good with someone in Mandarake. Can you just, like, stuff all those other gash hats into that box? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, uh, anything else off topic, or uh, shall we move into the closer? Yeah, we can close it out. All right. Well, let's move into the closer. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope by the time you've heard this, if you participated, I hope you had a good time at Virtual TFCon. If you played against me in the TCG tournament, I'm really sorry about my inability to use Octagon properly. Um, But, you know, I still won because of my skill. (laughs) Uh, We will talk to you all later. Uh, As you can tell, the podcast continues in one way or another. That being, we keep recording them, and I keep putting them out. So uh, we will talk to you again soon. Stay safe out there. Please be careful. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I demand of you your survival, and uh, I I will confirm that when next we meet. Uh, Take care. A little bit of heads-up bookkeeping. The next episode 
already is recorded, however we recorded it like a month later, because time kept getting weird. Anyway, it's still happening, the time breaks happen, and uh, we're still talking about stuff we got, we're still talking about listener questions, so I'm just going to keep putting them out as they are, and eventually things will cycle together. What a year it's been so far, huh? And what a year it will continue to be, and what a year next year will be. Stay tuned for episode 595, recorded November 24th, 2020, coming up next. Add all that up, I don't know what the f*** it means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.